0: I guess I'll just call it Max White Presents. Max White, everyone. Back, Max White Presents. It's been a while. How long has it been? Like two years? Two years, man. Two years. And now we're, uh, man, My, how how the world has changed. Uh, Real quick, I should introduce uh, who I have here tonight for Max White Presents. Devon Rodriguez, buddy. How you doing? What's up? How you doing? I'm good. It's weird doing this on video. Last time we talked was in 2018 and it was just audio and we were in a bar in Brooklyn that my friend owned where we did all the Max White Presents and now we're uh, in my place which has been converted to a studio. How how have you been? How are you holding up?
1: I've been great. Everything's going good. Uh, You know, we're going through this
0: pandemic that sucks.
1: So, you know, just trying to stick in there.
0: Some people are kind of like going negative during COVID. They're kind of turning internal going a little destructive uh yeah. you uh which you're a fine artist that's how i, how I met before we met over at southbox eric kelly's gym and uh you showed me your paintings on your phone and i thought they're photographs um you were a fine artist when we talked last right you still yeah. consider yourself a fine artist yeah yeah for sure <laughs> is that what you that's what you identify as yeah yeah because now, with the advent of like TikTok and social media and everything going on, there's other lanes that you're maneuvering down. Uh, I think when I first met you, you were what, a couple, couple thousand, a couple two, three thousand followers. Yeah. And you just crossed a million. Probably like 10,000 10, when we first met, yeah. And last week you crossed 1 million. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. Can't believe it. It's
1: What's crazy. That? What's it like? It's insane. Like when I met you, I was at 10K, or I think I, think I was at like 20K when I met you. We can check. Yeah, something like that. And, you know, now I gain like 11K in one day. So, like, the past two days was, like, my whole Instagram existence from back then. And back then, you know, it took me, like, eight years to even get to that point. And that's, like, grinding super hard. And, like, that was a, a not that I thought of it as my identity, but, like, people would think of me as, like, an Instagram, like, star. Like, I had the most followers that, like, my friend group would know. Yeah. So, you know, like now that just, you know, my the past two days I gained more than I ever had. So it's like it's, it's like, oh, my God, I'm so huge now. It's like I've, I'm I I've passed a million like on Instagram. I would have if you would have asked me how long it would take me to get to a million on Instagram, I would say never in my life. Because I know artists that's been doing that doing this for, like all
0: their lives. And, and
1: you know, they're never going to who hits a million as an artist. I feel like that's unheard of.
0: I mean, how many people in the Bronx? have a million followers
1: uh probably like the 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 rap the big rappers and stuff
0: and you now talk about because we're just gonna go right into it because we'll do some backstory and uh uh but specifically what what occurred that i mean you didn't go viral you went like pandemic yeah right so being a fine artist getting recognition you know you're being shown new yorker is writing you up i mean all types of newspapers written about you Back then, it was like smaller art shows, uh, well-known artists taking interest in what you're doing. What has happened since COVID happened? That's changed that. Uh,
1: so, I was, you know, on Instagram, on the internet, and stuff. Everyone was, you know, super hyped about TikTok. It was like the next best thing and stuff. And, and uh, I was like, let me give this a try. You know, uh, I was like, let me just try this out. Um, I actually new an artist that I'm friends with um she's from the UK her name is Sophia aljabori shout out to her she was on TikTok and uh she has a big following on Instagram she has like 130,000 or something uh or I don't know I think she has like 170,000 um so we we always speak about art social media just random stuff and and she was always telling me like you should get a TikTok and I looked at her TikTok and she had like 500,000 followers and I was like whoa that's nuts and you know that that was for uh for her painting and I was I was like wow that's amazing like I, I should join. So I joined it. Um I would post like uh, videos of me painting portraits and you know like uh I did that painting of XXX that and the yeah. painting of Kanye Tyler the creator uh that was my first time like doing that kind of video format and like learning how to edit videos and stuff on um, like an app on my phone. And they would do it right. They would get like a thousand views, uh five hundred views here and there and and um and Around that time, I just so happened to want to draw people on the subway during the pandemic. I've been drawing people on the subway since like twenty, since like 2011, I've been doing it. Um, but I kind of took a pause on drawing people on the subway because people would yell at me and it would get so awkward for me to like sit there and draw people. So I changed it to taking photographs of people and painting them in all you at home. And then when this pandemic happened, I thought, um, you know, now it, it the whole portrait of the subway just changed everyone's wearing a mask i was so used to like staring at people's faces and thinking like how would i draw that person how would i like draw their nose or like there's like everyone has like a different shape like features and colors and clothing and everything and and I always looked at people like, how would I paint that and imagine myself painting them? And I would always forget that I'm, like, staring at a person and, like, I can't just stare at them. And so
0: Yeah, you're just staring at a, like, stranger on the subway and you're like, how am I going to paint your mouth? Yeah,
1: and they have no yeah, idea, like, yeah. what I'm thinking. Especially on the 6th train, Yeah, <laughs> like, going <laughs> yeah, uptown. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that's my line. But, um, yeah, so so I was like, I got to do some paintings of people wearing their masks. Like, that would be a timestamp of this moment in history that we've never seen before and we probably never see again. And... Uh, or in our lifetime but um but but i know how long my paintings take i'm such a perfectionist they take me so long and and i would have with, with the wait list that i had for commissions and and like for other things i would have never been able to get to one so i was like you know what let me let me do a sketch um let me, let me do sketches let me go back to my roots do sketches on the subway but we're gonna
0: we're gonna back it up a little bit though because we, we, we crossed over something really quick um you had mentioned that the commissions, right? So basically, yeah. when I had met you, your primary income was commissions from rich white people that would <laughs> that would pay you from the Upper West Side and uh, other affluent areas to come in and paint the painters. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I, was, I was trying to do like. Half commissions, half like my own work, but the commissions would like kind of take over.
0: Yeah, so maybe the income's not so important. Maybe just say like, like that's how I'd say you would identify as, right? Like The commissions were something always weighing on your mind, right? And then uh, these fine oil paintings though that you're doing, um, I mean, didn't just draw attention from like street art, you know, which is something you kind of branched into recently. But this was like, you're getting written up like massive reviews in art, like major players are kind of hitting you up. With all the like, things that happened um, around that time like the new york
1: times and the new yorker and you know having uh, some big friends and stuff i I'm, i mean i'm i'm i don't i'm not bragging i'm just this is honestly how i always felt i always expected it even as a kid for some reason like the way i grew up i grew up in the south bronx super poor where i where i grew up like we lived in a in a home where like every room we had like two bedrooms and a basement My bedroom was my family. It was five of us in one room. The next bedroom was like a whole other family. The basement was a whole other family. And it was just a bunch of uh, uh, insanity in my home. So even though I was raised like in a, I had a like terrible childhood, even though I had that childhood, in the back of my mind, I always knew. And and I remember like watching Disney Channel all the time. And I would always like watch like, you know, like Dazzle Raven or like um, Zack and Cody or. And I would always think like, or like Hannah Montana, I would always see those homes and think like, that's a normal home, that's a normal family, and like, that's what success is. And so, um, you know, like or, or like that show Corey in the House, I remember seeing like that kid Corey, Kyle Massey, and thinking like, he's like 13 years old, like, and he's a super successful actor, like, that could be me, you know? So I, even though I had no interest in acting, I would, I would think like, you know, maybe I should become an actor, maybe I, because... I always felt like I deserved to become that. And even though like my home was insane, like I knew this isn't normal and and I'm going to be something. And it wasn't like an ego thing. I don't know what it was. It was just like I'm, I'm, I'm meant to be like something
0: big. Being an artist in a house with that many people and that much crazy this isn't the right word because everyone's living their own life but let's just say that much movement in a house yeah to to make the art that you got into you need space to do it yeah so how was like how did that manifest itself in terms of like did you just know like i want to do oil painting
1: no um was So
0: sketches you're always drawing your you know brothers and sisters and cousins
1: so uh growing up i always loved like drawing things around me so i remember back in like 2005 i was maybe like nine years old and and I would always draw, like, while I was in style at the time, like, in my neighborhood, it was, like, I always remember seeing people wearing a do-rag, a, a fitted cap to the back, and wearing, like, baggy clothes, right? That's sick. And so I always drew that. You could ask my Aunt Imali. like, she would always, like, make jokes about, like, she's always, like, why are you always drawing gangsters? <laughs> so I used to always draw, like, a little character, hat to the back, bandana on, and, like... Just try to make them like super, super dope, super, um, you know, what I saw around me, like super, yeah. super hood, because I'm, I'm from the hood, I'm from the Bronx. Um, so that was always like my style, drawing people around me. And then um, my friends that drew, once I got into middle school, I met some other kids that would draw, because um, I was always known as like, in elementary school, I was always known as like the best artist in the school, but I think I was like the only artist in the school. Um, and that's Gompers, right? Uh, that was uh, PS30, my, my elementary school. PS30,
0: South Bronx. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then um across the street i went to a middle school there ms 343 um all my friends there that drew i had uh let me think which is one friend uh, that drew and he did graffiti and i was so inspired by him like drawing graffiti so that's what i got into and um yeah i, I just got into graffiti and i didn't get into like fine art or painting until like uh 10th
0: grade What is it specifically when you saw the graffiti, if you can remember, what spoke to you? Is it like the lines, creation of the lines? Is it the act of drawing or painting? Or is it the finished product? Is it a mix of both? I think it was like everything about it. Like I I always looked at graffiti like on the walls
1: and like looked at the colors and the shapes and like try to, like I was just so naturally into that. I I never had like somebody there like showing the graffiti. It was just me as like a seven-year-old walking with my mom like, and me being being able to get the letters and like asking my mom like, mom, what does that say? And like she wouldn't know. So I'm like, if I know, like, I'm, I'm I see something. You know, like I love it. I love it. I remember hanging out with, with my friend Cyrus. His name is Cyrus from middle school. Um, I remember walking home one day and he had like a small spray paint can called a, a alien can. It was black and he just. He was just like, yo, watch my back, and just did a tag. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like, wow, he has the power to just mark his territory yeah. like nothing. Like,
0: it would just happen in, like, two seconds. So I thought that was super cool. So that's what, that's what I was doing for a while. Is that, we'll paint the picture in the neighborhood, right? So at your PS school, literally, right? <laughs> damn you for doing that <laughs> damn you i'm gonna i'm gonna loop that over and over again i think you just punned me bastard no, but paint that picture of like south bronx back then what year are we talking here because you're younger than me uh it's like 2000
1: 2009 what are you seeing on the corner uh just all kinds of stuff like it, back when i was middle in middle school all my all the kids that were around me like they would just rob people every day like, so i used to see stuff like that every day yeah. i remember um and they were cool with me because i was like a class clown so i was so funny and i would draw people's names like like in lunch in, in the lunchroom they were like yo draw my name and draw this like gang and draw me and my boyfriend me and my girlfriend like and uh, draw the names so they they loved me and i was i was funny and stuff so they didn't mess with me but they would try to invite me to like Go out with them to, to rob people. Like they'll go in a in a mob every morning and go to um, walk through St. Mary's Park, this park in my neighborhood, and um, and they always told me like, "Yo, come with us!" Like, and they would come into school with something new every day. They would come in with a psychic or like a PSP or yeah. a, a marmot or like a BB belt. These were the things that they would steal. Like, and uh, and they would always tell me like, "The rule is whatever whoever takes it out the pocket keeps it." And they'll tell me, like, yo, come get something, come get a psychic. And I'll be like, nah, I'm not into that. But they were still my friends because, you know, I didn't have um, any other friends around. But um, yeah, that, that was just the type of stuff I saw, like a well, bunch of. What kept you violence. away from that?
0: Specifically, you said, you know, it's not your thing, but you're still close to them. Um, was it that sense of higher purpose that you were talking about earlier when you are younger? Like, yeah, you just well, wanted well, to stay well, clear? at the time, I was still close to them. No, no. <laughs> yeah, you were. <what>? Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But at that time, did you know you just needed, you wanted to separate? You just wanted to stay away from them. You didn't want to get into that life. Didn't I, want
1: to. I. I wanted to be like at the time. I wanted to be down. I wanted to be cool, and they were like the most popular kids in the school. So yeah. I wanted to be a part of that. But I didn't want to be a part of like something that I thought was stupid. You know. So I. I didn't. You know. Like I. I felt. Yeah. Like you said, I always felt like I had a higher purpose. Like one time. Um. It was like a group of us, it was five of us and I never smoked weed but they did. So they wanted to go to this building to to smoke and stuff. So we went all the way. It was a random building. They we went to the top floor. And um and this 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 older woman was like, "Why are you smoking weed in the staircase? Like I'm calling the police." So there was a window there that you could see outside the building. So the police pulled up and those friends, no, it was like six of us. All of those friends just scattered everywhere they just ran straight down the stairs and i thought like if the police came to the front of the building why would they run downstairs so i was like pacing back and forth on the sixth floor like where do i go where do i go so i saw this older woman coming out of the um coming out of her apartment and i i wanted to act like she was my grandma so i asked her i was like por favor senor, senora mi amigos están fumando like my friends are smoking and 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 i swear i'm not part of it can you? Can we please leave and act like you're my grandma? She was like, "Of course, vamos, let's go." Yes. So I go downstairs and my friends are like arrested, all of them, or I don't know if they were arrested. I think they were just Detained. against the wall, yeah, yeah, with the police. And I'm walking. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, I like. So we walk out and I look at them and they all catch eye contact with with me and I'm like, I hoping, I'm hope, I hope they don't snitch, but they didn't say anything and I just walked past and left and I was like, wow, I'm super lucky for that. Um, but yeah, no. I always felt like I had like a higher purpose, and um, even from like that young, thirteen years old, I, I, everything around me was terrible. Like, but but I I felt like something's gonna happen. It was very like delusional because <laughs> looking back, it was very I mean, delusional. Like there was that's where great art comes from. There was like times. no way out. But I I just felt like, and I'm not saying that to to brag or be uh, have an ego because I swear if this didn't happen. If if all if the million followers and would have never came and all the other success, I would have still said that 100 yeah. because that's what happened.
0: Now, when you made that cut away from street life and then kind of getting into like let's call it art life or let's just say it the path to the higher higher cause, was the neighborhood trying to pull you back or were most people pretty supportive? Was it a mix? Do you have certain friends that kind of ride with you that don't want you near the street shit? What is it like?
1: Um, I think all my friends supported me doing well they
0: weren't like against it
1: nobody was yeah no nobody was against it or anything
0: but it's not no one's trying to actively pull you back in or hating i mean is that
1: well during middle school i didn't have like my art class there we had this teacher um and that class was pretty much like a free class the the class was so like misbehaved that she never taught a lesson it was just way too hectic so nobody really knew that i was into art during middle school they just knew I was into graffiti and they, they all thought that was that was like part of the streets, so they didn't really care you
0: know yeah what is it about that area right so you go to the PS schools mm-hmm. and then you get into Gompers right yeah It's pronounced Gompers is that the right yeah, that, one yeah high school yeah so break it down Gompers did a little research on this we talked about this in the last episode but I want to revisit it it's not exactly the nicest uh, school out there is it it's actually closed for reasons uh, yeah. I mean Sucks because public schools need a lot more education. But talk about gompers. What was that what was that environment like?
1: Okay, so my dream school was high school of art and design. Like yeah. I wanted to go there so bad. But since my my uh, my pup my elementary school and my middle school always told me that I was super talented and that was just embedded in me. Like I'm the talent of the school, I'm the best artist, and I was just delusional. I didn't know uh, when I applied to the high school of art and design, I went into, you have to audition and show like 10 portfolio pieces and I did them all last minute. So when I show up, all the other kids are like showing each other their portfolios and, and I just knew like, whoa, these kids are super talented. Like looking at their portfolios, I felt like, oh my God, who the hell did I think I was? I was terrible. Like compared to these kids, they were so good. And I'm... Anyway, I got, I submitted my portfolio and I got rejected. Yeah. So I had to go to Gompers, and Gompers was one of the worst high schools in the South Bronx. It got shut down. Graduation rate was forty-two percent. Attendance rate was terrible. The whole overall teen pregnancy just slamming. Yeah, every, everything was bad. Like the the whole the school overall grade was an F. And uh, and they used to give out surveys to like all the kids had to fill out a survey and like one of the questions was how safe do you feel at the school and it was like overall f it was it was it was terrible so i I was like i knew i shouldn't be here so i still had an art class there this guy named jeremy harper and it was it's funny because he was my first class and uh I'm, i'm i have my schedule first day of school i'm walking around the hallway i see this guy and i was like hey can you help me like find this class and he goes oh harper that's me you're gonna be right here so i walk into class and it was him and uh his class was incredible. He had this amazing art class. Most of the kids weren't interested, but I was, and I was like, wow, I love this dude. Like That was like my favorite part. And I, and I went up to him, and I told him, um, like, hey, I applied to High School of Art and Design. I didn't get accepted, and, and I really want to be there. Like, Can you help me transfer? And he was like, oh, yeah, of course. you got to redo your portfolio. We'll do it this whole year. We'll, we'll dedicate it to your portfolio, and, and you'll, you'll re- reapply. But you can only get in as a ninth grader or a tenth grader, so I only had one more chance
0: so was he the first person like in a professional capacity that took an interest in your art
1: yeah yeah for sure and he yeah. what, were the,
0: what were the criticisms specifically about the portfolio i think this is kind of interesting what 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 did he say because was kind of like you were surprised because you were very specialized in one particular area yeah. right which mm-hmm. was what at that time oh i was very
1: specialized in graffiti
0: graffiti okay yeah. and he was like yeah no no wonder you didn't get in like you have to kind of Break it down. What's it like being, what's his background? Not from the South Bronx?
1: Yeah, I think he's from Pennsylvania. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. And what's so- it like
0: being a kid? Because there's like two parts. You know, you've got that, what you see and what you experience every single day. And then you've got this guy coming that gives an opinion. He's from a place of power and interest. But is that kind of weird being a kid kind of from the South Bronx? Is that, are, are you suspect? Or are you challenged? Does it hurt the ego at all? Or are you generally just inspired? I was just inspired. I
1: didn't think anything of that. That wasn't even in my mind. I was just like, "Oh, this dude's gonna help me." Yeah. His credentials are like amazing. He went to um, the School of Visual Arts, and I didn't even know about the School of Visual Arts. But I remember he gave one of his first presentations was on Keith Haring, and he was teaching about Keith Haring. gave showed a whole documentary, and uh, and then it shows that Keith Haring went to the School of Visual Arts, and then he goes, "I went there." And I was just so mind blown by Keith Haring and how famous Amazing. he was, and how mainstream and how huge he became, and how successful he became. From and then my Gompers art teacher went to School of Visual Arts. I was just like, whoa! I got to stick with this dude. Like he's from that, and so I just stuck with him, and and we worked on my portfolio every single day, and uh, he told me what to do.
0: So you're working like breaking down hour wise, like so school hours, like like eight to three. You're working on that. Um. Well, our class was like just one period.
1: So um, just the first period. And then after school, I would go to him and, and we'll, there was like a few kids that were interested in art. They would work in, in his class after school.
0: How old are you at this time? Uh, 14. So now go home, right? Let's say like you you head home after a day of like working with someone that inspires you, that takes interest in your art. Now you're seeing violence at home. Yeah. Right. What's it like being like to try to interpret that? Is it weird looking at a teacher maybe that can't experience that? Or Maybe other people and it, you know, Gompers is in the place. We'll talk about it, art and design, but specifically, like what was occurring in the home.
1: Every, so everyone I was around for my whole entire life, up into that point, everyone's going through something. You know, like it, it, it was it was so normalized. I, I wasn't looking around like, oh my god, I'm a victim because all my all my friends had something going on. It was it was regular. Um, yeah, I would just go home and 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 be inspired. And I knew I knew that would take me out. Like I knew for sure. Like if I just stay focused on that, I'll be fine.
0: Who's in the house specifically? Your grandmother.
1: So uh, around that time, I was living with my mom. Um, it was my mom, my stepdad, my brother, and my sister, and my younger sister. Um,
0: yeah, so it was a bunch of us. Um, what about now? How are you with your mom? Close with her?
1: Right now we we're all right. We're like we have a, a decent relationship.
0: Yeah, back then not so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, we didn't we didn't have a great relationship. Uh my house was like super uh there was it was just like it wasn't a good childhood. It was like abuse and and a, a lot of things that shouldn't have been going on. So um once I got accepted into art and design, my whole life changed because this this is another thing that happened when I got accepted um they notified me, I think around like March or April, and uh, and and I wasn't even supposed to like my, so my boy his name was Yanyao. Oh, remind me to tell you the story about Yanniel because it breaks my heart to know like he was supposed to be with me in art and design, but he decided not to. But anyway, so Yanyao was like, "Yo, bro, come with me to change my um, my schedule. I want to change my lunch period." So we go to the guidance counselor. She speaks to him, and then she notices that I'm with him. And she goes, oh, hey, Devon, by the way, your letter came from Art and Design. So I was like, all right, cool. So she gives me the envelope, and I walk away. And she's like, wait, this is your letter to see if you got accepted. Like, open it. I want to see. And I was like, oh, all right, I guess. Like, I I wanted to open it in private, but I just opened it right there on the spot. It said, congratulations, you've been accepted into Art and Design. You don't have to do anything else except for finishing up the school year and then you start in September in art and design. That's it. No paperwork, no nothing. So I was like, "Oh, wow, easy." Like so I told Yan Yao, I said, "Yo, don't tell nobody." And I told and I told him and Mr. Harper. That's it. I don't know why, I but I didn't want to tell none of my boys like because I didn't want them to think like, "Oh, you trying to leave us." Like you tr-? I didn't want them to like get mad or I don't know, I just kept it a secret. Yeah. So uh Anyway, Yannel was supposed to. We were doing our portfolios together the whole time, and he was much better than me in drawing. I was so inspired by him too. He he could draw anything from the top of his head. I would I'll tell him like, "Yo, draw a guy doing this," and he would just draw it, and it was super mind blowing. And uh, so so we were trying to get out together. Um, he lived. I lived on a. I don't want to say where I lived because that's. <laughs> anyway, I lived at a, a, in the South Bronx, and he lived above me, right, and um he lived right above me and well like he lived like seven eight stops above me and uh art and design was on 59th street uh, it's on 56 but the train stopped 59th street on on the sixth line um so that morning we were supposed to go to to both transfer and submit our portfolios i'm like yo bro you're meeting me right and he was like to come to think about it it's too far like it takes me an hour and 20 minutes to get there and uh you know, I don't want to do all that. I just want to go to Gompers. And I'm like, bro, you have to come on. Like, and I couldn't convince him. And I was just like, all right, I guess I got to go alone. So I ended up getting in and then I transferred. And uh, yeah. Oh, my, what I was going to say was when I got into art and design, my school life changed. So I, I went from
0: 149th Street in Southern Boulevard to go to school in Midtown, 56th and 2nd. Talk about specifically, what's the first person you saw when you walked into art and design? We talked about it in 2018. Do you remember what you told me?
1: Oh, the girl sitting down on the floor, we're eating an apple.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I can't forget that. <laughs> Break that down. You coming from South Bronx? Yeah, yeah. You walk into art design in Midtown. Not every, I mean, most people that listen. To this don't live in New York City. Midtown is it's nicer. There's a lot more money there. <laughs> yeah, it's a little nicer. <laughs> and what was the first thing you saw? I want to recap.
1: So right in front of the school, it was this girl sitting on the floor. Uh, on the sidewalk reading a book and eating an apple and for some reason that visual to me was so weird because it was so out of my element like you wouldn't see that if you if you sat on the ground in the bronx they're like i don't want to (laughs) like but like where i I was at like my experience in my school you know if you sat on the ground people would make fun of you like yo you're you're fucking dirty like
0: that's just how it was (laughs) yeah she looked like a college brochure there's yeah, like every checking every white girl stereotype that's out there.
1: Yeah, so I was just super surprised by that. But but um, so, so boom,
0: you start art and design, right? Yeah, Day one you're so, in there.
1: So when I started, th- when I started there, at the same time I had an ACS case from my home life. What's ACS? Uh, it's this. I don't know what it stands for. Something Child Services. Kay. Like uh, abused child services and yeah, um, there was like a bunch of abuse going on in my home. So physical. Yeah. Yeah. Physical, mental, verbal. Yeah. <laughs> all right. of that. Gotcha. Uh so we got um put into the judge granted us to get removed so we got put into my grandma's house. And it was around the same time and my grandma's home was very This is just to give you like a uh, give you perspective. In my mom's home in the bathroom there was always a stripper magazine, right? A brand new one, a new issue like every month. And inside of it, it would have, like, interviews with strippers, pictures of strippers, all kinds of yeah. stuff like that. And then, and we were kids, and that was there. Uh, in my grandma's house, she has, like, a book of Mother Teresa in the bathroom. Like, holy stuff. Like, she's super-duper Catholic. So all kinds of people were, like, running up and, and out of my mom's house. But in my grandma's house, it was all, like, she she didn't like any, like, Anything negative, it had, it was all like super holy. So she, her environment was very um, safe, and so and and there was breakfast in the morning every day. There was lunch every day, dinner. Well, we had lunch in school, but there was breakfast and dinner every single day. My mom's house didn't have that. So, um, uh, so, so yeah, so I changed So around the same time, we got granted to go to our mom, our grandma's house. And and then we got and then I got into a better school. So my whole life changed around that point, like tenth
0: grade. Everything changed. What's it like when you roll into art and design and you walk by the, the the girl sitting on the ground eating the apple? What's your in terms of personality? You could be a nice diamond in the rough type kid from the Bronx, but crossing over to the midtown. Yeah. Probably came off pretty hard, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah. When I was, um, the summer after eighth grade, I, I got a, a star tattoo right here that I ended up getting removed cause I didn't like it, but I got a star tattoo right here on my elbow and I was like 13 when I got that. So once I get into the school, they were like, Whoa, how does this kid have a tattoo so young? You know? And then they knew I was from the Bronx. And, um, so for like a whole year, I didn't really have friends cause they didn't really want to mess with me. And then I thought that like they were like super different from me like i wasn't used to seeing the kids on the floor eating the apples and yeah stuff. and like seeing like yeah i just wasn't used to that so i had a whole year of like getting uh just getting you know how do you like getting into the environment custom yeah getting yeah. accustomed to the environment are you exactly. walking
0: in there and you're like higher purpose like you got that bravado are you are you talking shit huh? Yeah. Are you sending Facebook messages? Oh yeah. Are you telling people that how good you are? Is that what you're rolling in there kinda of hard?
1: Yeah. Shout out to Malcolm from high school. I have a message in my phone on Facebook. Well, I actually used to go around, uh, and I would never do this now, but this is me being a fourteen year old stupid kid. I used to go around like telling kids like, yo, I'm gonna be the best artist in this school which if if a kid said that to me, I would I would probably not like him, but you know, I wasn't thinking like that. Uh, all I was thinking was I got to get myself out of this environment. I got to. And, and I loved art. So it wasn't just to like yeah. become successful. It was because I loved art and I want to be I want to be successful. So um, I said, I'm going to be the best artist in the school. I'm going to be the best artist in the school. And I said that to Malcolm. And he was like, oh, you can't compete with Craig. And I was like, who's Craig? And he was like, Craig's this kid. Like, he's amazing. So I said, tell me, spell his name out. So I found him on Facebook and Craig had the most beautiful graphite drawings, like portraits, super. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, if I want to compete with this kid, like, I got to practice every day. Like, I can't. Like, he was amazing. So are you looking at art like that?
0: Is it a blood sport
1: at that time? At that time, yeah. At the time, I, I, I didn't. No one ever taught me about art. I wasn't, yeah. like, going to museums or anything like that. It was just straight up, like. I looked at realistic drawings and I was like, wow, that's beautiful to me. That's what I want to do. So um, so I went to um I heard of the APR teacher. His name was James Harrington. Mm-hmm. And so I went to his class and I saw him painting a student, right? He he used to paint students like every day, like a, a new student live. He has like thousands of painting of, of portraits of students. So um so when he was done, I was like, hey, uh can I can I speak to you? I want to be in this class. Like I knew that was the best class, so I had to be at the top, right? And he was like, "Oh, I I only have um 10th grade, I mean, no, I only have 11th graders and 12th graders, so you have to show me your portfolio and then I have to write you down and get you accepted." So I showed him my drawings. I was like, "I have some in my bag right now." And and he was like, "Oh, these are beautiful." Like at that point, I already practiced like a whole like a year and a half, so I was much better than before. And he was like, "Oh my god, these are beautiful. Like you're in. Let me write your name down." So I was like, all right, can't wait to get to that class. And he was like, oh, by the way, I give out scholarships to the art students' league for the summer, so you could practice like drawing from life, drawing nudes and stuff. So that summer after tenth grade, every day I would go to the art students' league and draw um, models from life every day. So I was ready for Craig. So <laughs>
0: yeah, Craig, I'm ready.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm ready for Craig. Like yeah. I'm drawing from life. I'm doing this every day. I'm learning from like the best like teachers ever. So eleventh grade, first day of school when when I have um Harrington's class, I walk in early. I'm like, I'm gonna be there early. Um as soon as I get there, Craig is right in the front and most of the seats are empty. Like there was like five students there, like just the early ones. So I'm like, oh shit, that's Craig. So I run over there to sit right next to him. I'm like, I'm ready for Craig. Like I'ma show him who I am like with your star tattoo? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm like I'm ready for Craig. Uh he'll see. So the first lesson was to draw this. He had a horse, a cast statue of a horse head and we had to draw that from life and we had like a week to draw it. Super realistic. And that was exactly what I was practicing all summer. So I'm like, Craig is not going to, like, I'm ready for you. So he's drawing, he's to the left of me, I'm to the right of him, I'm drawing. And I would watch his page the, like the whole time and I'm, I'm drawing. And then um, we start like, there was like a, a, another kid around us so we start like cracking jokes here and there and right away me and Craig just clicked I was like I'm like yo Craig is mad cool like why am I competing with him me and Craig became best friends and to this day we're best friends really? best friends yeah best friends we speak every single day what's Craig's last name Craig Franco K-R-E-G Franco go follow him big ups <laughs> to Craig Franco yeah big up. to, to sorry Craig sorry Devon had
0: to cheat off your uh, paper while he was looking over at you
1: yeah no he it's funny like i went in trying to compete with him and we came out best friends he's he's
0: one of the one of my favorite people in this world do you think art do you think art is something you're born with or something you learn
1: um i could i think it could be like both for
0: because in uh, your family you have a history of great artists yeah yeah. so which we're gonna get into right now so tell us about your dad didn't know your dad growing up yeah no how did you find your dad so my dad was
1: this, you know how I told you my, my whole, everyone around me like had that story, like that, that cliche Bronx, cliche street, inner city poverty story. Like that wasn't, that wasn't special. You know, like if I, I couldn't complain to my friends, like we all going through something. um So that's all I knew. But the only like light that I saw at the end of the tunnel was my dad. Like people used to show me pictures of his tattoos or like. Or well, like my mom used to show me his tattoos in, in magazines. And I was like, my dad is in a magazine as as a kid, you see somebody in a the magazine, they're famous. So I'm like, and his work was amazing. So I'm like, my dad is in a magazine. His tattoos are insane. People on the block would like give me so much respect. Like, yo, that's Carlos's son. He did this tat on me. And uh and and then my mom would tell me like great stories about him, show me pictures of him when he was in the Marines, and he's like super muscular. He would like um, so he had like all these muscles. He's super good looking. I heard all these great stories. I see th- these tattoo magazines. So to me, he's like a superhero, you know, that's like my superhero. Like, where is he? Like, why did he leave? Um, cause he left me when I was like three. So I'm like, why did he leave? And he's an artist. Like, that's what I'm into. Like, like if only I had him, I wouldn't be in this abusive home. I wouldn't be in these, I wouldn't be in this life, you know? So, um, so all my life is like I used to ask everyone, yo, where's my dad? Yo, people on the block, yo, you got a tattoo by my dad, right? You know where he's at? Like, ask my uncle, my dad's brother, yo, where's my dad? Where's my dad? And my mom would always tell me my dad was in Miami. But I didn't I'm like a five year old, six year old, seven year old asking around, where's my dad? Nobody knew. So, um, I took it upon my own hands when I was like, I think twelve. I looked him up on MySpace, and my dad's name is Carlos Rodriguez, so, you know, there's, like, a million of those, so um, I asked my mom, like, what's, what's um, what's um like, a nickname that he has, and she told me that his nickname was CeeLo, so I looked up CeeLo, and I'm going through all the pages, and, like, on, like, it was, like, late, like, I don't know, 16, 17, there was one that says Silo Peligro, and it had a, a Hanya mask. That he drew that that he that he tattooed it was like a blue one on a shin, I remember the it was like it was like. C-Lo dangerous, yeah, so I was like, that's him, like it's a Hanya mask. I knew the the kind of tattoos he did, he did Japanese tattoos, so i cl- I'm like, yes, I found him finally, like like that was like my life's mission, so I find him, I click on it, and myspace used to tell you like when the person last logged in, so his last login was um. Three years prior to that day, so I was like, "Oh, he's never gonna see my message. Like, it's done. Like, there's nothing I could do." So I went through his top 20 friends. I probably went through all his friends, and I, I wrote this long message like, "Hey, my name is Devon. I'm Carlos's long-lost son. I've been looking for him all my life. If you could please tell me where he's at, I'm an artist. I want to be an artist. Like, please help me find
0: him." So I copied and pasted that message to all of the friends. I'm I'm torn because it's very inspiring if you got that message, but kind of a friend tells you where the where where dad's at yeah no they would all say like like yeah sorry I I don't know where dad I don't know
1: where where uh, dad's at and stuff but yeah there was one person that this girl named Kristen she go she didn't even write much she wrote Flying Panther I think it was Flying Panther
0: yeah she goes Flying
1: Panther NSD
0: that's it what? yeah that's all she wrote so Flying Panther I'm assuming is his nickname and he's in San Diego
1: yeah so I I so I copied and pasted I just knew the San Diego part so I copied and pasted that whole thing put it into Google and it said Flying Panther Tattoo Shop
0: San Diego and they had a phone number right dude your higher purpose might have been detective work as well <laughs> as art <laughs> right so I was um
1: I was f- 13 yeah I was 13 I remember this this guy on 3rd um, Avenue 149th Street gave me a job at 13 super young so I was working at a stationary store called, called Tannin's And when I got that message, I was on my lunch break. We had a computer in the back that the boss would let us use on the lunch break. So I was on MySpace. And this is during my last, like, my last five minutes of break. So I get that message and I wanted to cry. I was like, oh my God, I got to, like, I wanted to call him right then and there, but I couldn't because this is the end of my lunch break. I, I can't have that five minute conversation. I didn't even have a phone. So I wrote the number down on a piece of paper, ripped it out put in my pocket and I was just anxious for the rest of my day. I think I got out at like six or something, so I had like I think I had like three more hours to go. And th- throughout my job I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait. I'm gonna run to that I'm gonna run to that pay phone. I can't wait. I get out, I ask my boy at the cashier, I'm like, yo, give me quarters. I got like three dollars and quarters put in my pocket. Went down the hill. There's like this um this paid phone right in front of this Party City store um right on Third Ave and I and I'm and I call, right? And a guy picks up. He's like, hello. I'm like, he goes, Flying Panther tattoo. I'm like, hello, can I speak to Carlos? He goes, who's this? I'm like, this is his son. He goes, give me a second. So he goes, hello? And I'm like, yo, it's Devon. you remember me? He goes, of course I remember you. You're my son. And I'm thinking like, of course you remember me. So why didn't you like, where were you? So I didn't say that. I was just like, he goes, Yo, you must have done some crazy ass fucking detective work for you to find me because I've been ducking from baby mamas for years. Because my my dad he's he's a uh, uh, he has eighteen kids. Yeah, from like a bunch of different. Um,
0: I mean, dude, that's a pretty pointed phone call. Can you imagine getting that phone call like to have the answer? Hi, it's Devon, your son. Like especially when you're at work. Yeah. Put the position that he's in. I know, right? That's pretty rad, though, that he rolled with it.
1: Yeah, you no, know, he went with it, and we spoke. From then we spoke every day, and he told me, "Don't tell your mom like that." We, we were talking. I'm like, "Oh yeah, of course." I'm like, since he was my superhero, I was like loyal to him. I'm like, you know what? I'm? And my mom, I, I wasn't like a fan, so I was like, um, yeah, I'm not gonna tell my mom. Cool. Like, and then three months into us talking. He was like, "Yo, you should come to, you should come over here." And I was like, "How? Like, I, I, I'm in school." And he was like, "Oh, you go to school here?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right, let's do it." I was willing to drop everything, drop my friends, drop everything. I was like in, I think I was in eighth grade then. I was willing to drop my whole life to go to San Diego and go to school there. And I told my mom like, and he was like, "Just speak to your mom about it. Just tell her." I was like, "Mom, I'm, I'm, um, my dad said I started speaking to my dad. Remember, I found my MySpace, blah, blah, blah." She was like, "Are you insane? Like I raised you. You're not gonna just up and leave. You're not an adult. You, you don't just run your life." And I remember I just started crying, and I was, and I told him, like, I was like, "Yo, I hate my mom. Like I understand why she said no. Like it's just, you know, he left, and I can't just bounce like that." But I, I called him. I'm like, "Yo, I hate her. Like this is why I hate her so much. Like she's not letting me go." But so we spoke on the phone like for like a long time, and uh,
0: yeah. So then, what? So basically, at that time, he's in San Diego, or is he in Miami yet?
1: He's in San Diego.
0: San Diego at the time. So then, you're at school; you can't leave. Time passes, and then you can go down, and you and you did move in with him, right? How did that kind of go go down? So, around um, let me think.
1: I think it was a sorry. I think it was a year later, where um, two thousand eleven. Wait, hold on, sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm asking you again. So how, you're in school, you want to move down with the dad, your mom wouldn't let you. Yeah. But then eventually you did move down there. How did that happen?
1: Well, first, I met him initially in 2011. He was in San Diego. And in 2011, he, we would speak on the phone and he said, I'm coming down there. This is when I, the, the next year I got transferred to my grandma's home or to my aunt's home. It was like a mix between my aunt's home and my grandma's home. At first, it was my aunt's home. So I was at my aunt's home. Um, no, I think we were still going through the case while I was staying at my aunt's home. Child services case. Yeah.
0: Okay. So. And you're no longer at your mom's. You've been put in your aunt's or yeah, your grandmother's house. Yeah.
1: I think it was like temporary custody at gotcha. the around that time. So I was staying there for a while. And so I would speak to my dad. I'm like, yo, I'm out of my mom's house. Like, please come. And he was going through something with his girlfriend at the time. So. He came all the way to New York um, to to hang with me. So we hung out for like a month, I think. And um, You talk art? Yeah, like I'll go to the tattoo shop and, and like... Yeah, we, we would talk about art and stuff. Yeah, I would show him like my drawings and, and I would tell him... I don't think I was... Yeah, I wasn't in art and design at the time because I
0: remember when... Still Gompers?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I was in Gompers and um, he... We planned for him to come to my house and, um, or to my aunt's house. And, um, and so his, he already had his date ready to come to New York. And, and we told him, like, oh, yeah, just the door's going to be open, go inside. My aunt was at work, I was in school. Um, so I knew he was going to be at the house by 11 in the morning. So in Gompers, you could just leave whenever you want. In our yep. design, they would never let that happen. In Gompers, you could just walk out to school, like, get up out of class and walk out to school and you don't get in trouble. So I wouldn't do that, but, When he got there, I I was so nervous. I'm like, all right, time to go. I left school, went straight over there. I remember going up the elevator. I'm not religious at all, but I did the sign of the cross. You know, I'm going up the elevator, about to meet my dad. I'm like, anything's going to help. So I did the sign of the cross. Um, I'm like, please, God, please, God, like, help me. Like, I'm about to meet my dad. Like, I've been looking forward to this moment all my life. So I walk inside the apartment and he goes... The first thing he said was like, yo, Devon, oh, my God, you look just like me when I was your age. Like, you remind me of like a mini me. And so um, we walked around the neighborhood. I remember we walked around to get bread and some groceries and stuff. We got along for like a whole month. But then we started to not get along because he started acting like too, uh, I don't know even know how to describe it. He thought I was like too soft.
0: Well, what's that like? Because obviously, you know, he comes from a harder background. Very yeah. G background. Yeah. Right, He's known for being, his has got Poligoro in his name. Yeah. Right? What do you say about your art? Before we get into personality-wise, what do you actually say about your art? Did you like your art at the time? Well, I didn't like my art at the time, so... Yeah, but what was he saying about it? Was it similar to maybe, you know, you look like him, did you maybe, was your art similar to his when he was younger? Um, He was into graffiti
1: went yeah. around that, around like 14, 15 years old, and he did go to art and design too. He ended up getting kicked out of art and design for like, he told me like he had a, a gun and got expelled.
0: Did you know that he went to art and design before you'd gone there? Or is yeah. that of he learned? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I I did tell him at the time like I'm gonna go to art and design and uh and he was like, Oh yeah, I went there and and, and, and he told me like stories and stuff. Um But yeah, I, I didn't like my artwork at the time and we would talk art and, and um I don't know, he, he didn't really... I wasn't that good, so he didn't say much, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, Well, he wasn't impressed or anything. So
0: that month that you're hanging out, he's not in New York now, had you moved down? He When you started not getting along?
1: We started not getting along, and then I was kind of over it, and he just went somewhere else I didn't even know or care, like, because we just didn't get along, and I was just like, damn, like, all that time, I was dying to meet him, and he didn't turn out to be the guy that I expected. Didn't, towards the end, didn't really treat me nice, so... I was like, whatever, so, um, then we stopped talking for, like, a year or two, so, let me see, that's, um, so then, I don't know, that's, like, two years later, what is that, 11th grade or 12th grade, so we started talking again around, like, 12th grade, not that much, but then, like, after high school, we would talk, like, yeah, no, actually, 12th grade, we would talk a lot on the phone, and then, he would want me to go down, then he was in Miami, he wa- he wanted me to go down to Miami, but I couldn't, I was in school, and then the next year I was at FIT, I was in college. Um, I ended up dropping out of college, and this is 2015, I dropped out of college, because I wanted to pursue art on my own. I, I, I thought like, I didn't, I didn't. I just had commissions going on already, and then I had schoolwork, and I didn't have time for both, and I was like, am I gonna do this for the grade, or am I gonna do this for my career? And I chose my career, um, so around that time I'm like, "Yo, I'm free now. I left school. We could do it. I have nothing to do." Um Yeah, so
0: then I went down to Miami and and uh and and I met him and uh Well, talk about this. So to so you get down to Miami, right? And now you're no longer visiting with your dad that you just met. Yeah. Now you're living with him. And yeah. he starts to not approve so much of your, you know, quote-unquote softness. Yeah, yeah. So there's tension, right? Cuz his son isn't similar to how he was or how he perceived. So we'll walk it through like, what well, what was going on there? Is it challenging you? Is it
1: Yeah, so so I was 19 at the time and uh and and so I get to his home and he just thought that I that I wasn't like tough enough for him. Like he thought that when he was growing up, like he was a super gangster and he had this image of like how it is to be raised in the Bronx and he was raised we come from the same neighborhood. Well, I come from his neighborhood, but he was there in the '80s. Where it was way worse and more yeah. violent. Hide a crack. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he came from that, and like he looked at me, and I'm like some art school kid, and like I'm, I'm I went to art college, and he's
0: and you're I, that white girl sitting on the floor eating an apple.
1: Yeah, and he wasn't into that, so <laughs> he was he would just call me a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of names and stuff, and and then uh, he ended up kicking me out of his home. He was like you're too soft for this home or something like that. So I was he
0: like, had some substance issues. Huh? He had some substance issues.
1: Oh yeah, yeah for sure. He had he was like an alcoholic, which I didn't know how bad it was. Like I I, I didn't know.
0: So um, you had a sister down there, right? That's kind of cluing you into how it was all going, or he, a half sister.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a I had a half sister, Kiara. She she was living with him, and then she had her son Lee, that was also there. Um, and uh and yeah, she, he um. I knew he was an alcoholic because his hands would shake, like you have the shakes and stuff, and, and he would also like vomit every day and, and which which I thought was weird, but Kiara told me that it was fine and that he used to vomit blood and that now it's not blood anymore, so it's okay. And I was like, Alright, she knows him, so I didn't know. I was like, I guess it's okay. Um and I remember um he he was tired of tattooing and, and he ended up he was a Marine, so he he proved that he had PTSD and uh because of the war so he um he got $3000 a month from the VA. So he didn't have to tattoo anymore. He was already like 4 years, 5 years retired from tattooing and he would tell me like I hate tattooing like I'm so tired of it like I'm glad I'm out. I'm glad I'm getting paid to do nothing like I hate it. Um, but he was, but he tattooed me. He was like, I'll do you because it's not like every day. It's like, it's not a grind anymore. Like I'll do it for, for, for fun. So he had this Hanya mask on his hand that he did on himself on his, on his uh, left hand. So he did this Hanya mask on his left hand and I thought it was so dope. I remember back when in my aunt's house, I told him like, yo, I want that tattoo. That tattoo is amazing. And he was like, oh yeah, I drew this up myself. I did it. So I was like, I want it, I want it. I've been begging it, begging him for it since then. Like every time we spoke on the phone, like, don't forget my Hanya, don't forget my Hanya. So when I got to his house, he was like, yo, look, I was waiting for you to get here. Look, I got your Hanya. So he he had it drawn out. He redrew it. So like two weeks in, um he he's he, he we he was like, Alright, we're gonna do the tattoo. Um before that, he would work on my my um my sister's sleeve. And he would like show me, he'd be like, yo, come watch me. So he, he would like show me, he taught me how to set up a tattoo station, how to um, not cross contaminate, how to, you know, if you're going to go touch your phone, you got to take off your gloves and put on new gloves because, you know, you could have blood on that phone and then the next client mixed the, he taught me every, all the ins and outs and stuff. So then it was my turn to get tattooed. Um, And he drinks two beers, like, he just downs them. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? You trying to tattoo me drunk? Like, no. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I tattoo better because I get the shakes. And once I have alcohol in my system, like, my hands aren't shaking anymore. So he does this Hanya mask that I've been begging for, this one right here. And and I I was so hyped. And I remember I I fell asleep through it. And that kind of proved to him. He was like, yo, maybe you are tough. Like, damn, you could take pain. And um, anyway, so then he kicks me out. Like two weeks later, or so, I only stood there for like, like three weeks in total. In the beginning, that was uh, that was I think that was March. He, ki- yeah, that was March. He kicks me out. He's like, get the, I c- I could curse on this right. Yes. He's like, get the fuck out of my house. Get out of here. Throws my luggage out the, at the at the, door. I don't want to make this dark, but like, threw it out the door. Whatever. This is what happened. Uh, so whatever. I leave. He he just thought I was too soft. He something he. Uh, he just had a mental illness, you know, and I understand, you know, I I don't have any blame against him. I still love him. He, he just had a mental illness, but so he he kicks me out. Um, I go back home and you know how when, when like, there's a, there's a girl that like you really like, and you know, you don't want to text her. Like, you're like, I gotta wait. I gotta wait. I gotta wait. So that's how I thought of him. I'm like, I gotta wait till he texts me first. He gotta text me first. Like, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I'm waiting the end of, the rest of March passes by, no call, no nothing. I'm like, damn, April 8th was my birthday. I'm like, I'm going to see if he remembers. The whole week passes by, no call, no birthday call, no nothing. I'm like, damn. So I waited till like April, like April 10th or something. Still no call. Like I waited even more, still no call. So I was like, you know what? I am i can't take this anymore. I'm going to call him. So I call him and, I'm, and he's like, I'm like, yo, why'd you kick me out? Like, can I come back? And he's like, yeah, he used to call me Poppy sometimes. Whenever he was in a good mood, he like, he was like, yeah, I'm sorry, Poppy, I'm sorry the way things went. Um, come, like, I'm sorry how things went down. and I'm like, yeah, I didn't want things to go down like that either. Like, I've been looking for you all my life, and then that's how it happens. Like, and he goes, I'm like, we gotta fix. It. And he's like, oh yeah, come back. And I'm like, all right, great, like, perfect. So, I bought my ticket for May, May something. Um, I go back in May, uh, and, um, anyway, I go back in May and then, and then, um, um, we started working out together cause I, I I remember him being impressed like the, during my first visit, um, he was talking about how much pushups he did at the Marines when he was younger and stuff. And, and I was always like into pushups. So I was like, I could do that. I could do 50. I could do 60. And he was like, no way. He was like, do it right now. So I think I did 70 straight. And he goes, he goes, yo, Kiera, to my sister, he goes, yo, Kiera, maybe he is tough, like, yo, he just did 70, like, oh, my God, like, while I was doing, like, once I hit 50, he's like, yo, this dude is tough, so I remember he wanted to train me, he was like, yo, you got potential to be tough, so we started training together, right, and I wanted to train, I wanted to get fit, but, like, 10% of it was to, like, Prove it to him that I'm not this soft person that he thought he was and kicked me out for. So he was like, yo, you got to get a gym membership because they have more equipment. Because he has some free weights, but he was like, you need more than this to get big. So I was like, all right. So I signed up for the Planet Fitness. It was like an hour away. My first day, I go sign up and I work out for an hour. I come back. This is two days into me. Um, This is two days into me being there the second visit. Kiara's was in beauty school. I'm at the gym. I come back from the gym. My dad is babysitting the baby Lee, so I come into the house and I didn't know how bad his alcoholism was, but he ended up passing away in the home, and um, that did you was, find him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. So I found him, and and that was and the baby was like crying and stuff. So that was two days into me being there the second time. So I was like, wow, this is almost like. Like a, like a calling, you know, like, and and since he wasn't tattooing anymore, that tattoo he gave me, I, he's been tattooing for like 24 years. That tattoo he gave me was his last tattoo ever of his whole life, his whole career. And then I come back for two days and I just so happen to find him. I was like, wow, that this is like, like, like a movie, you know, like what are the chances that that happens? But yeah, that's how I went down.
0: What's that, in terms of you, like, carrying that around, right? I've, you know, you, you're you away from your dad for a very long time. You get to know him a little bit. You have a minor falling out. You move away. You come back. You're with him on his last few days. What, I mean, looking back at that now, because how many years ago was this?
1: Uh, five. So so five years
0: ago, looking back now, what, uh, sounds like you're, you're, you know, it's meant to be, you're glad that that had happened, but is there anything in particular that stands out about
1: it i mean i'm, I'm glad that i met him because um because i always had this vision in my head you know like oh if, if i was raised with him my life would be much better but then i realized like it wouldn't have been because uh it just wouldn't have been um uh
0: yeah i don't know what, what was the question how, how? <laughs> there's something happened because you were you were kind of playing the hot girl game with him like i hope he calls hope he calls yeah for whatever reason you finally picked up the phone and you hit him up and you went down there what does that feel like you know you find him you know you you find your dad dead yeah, yeah the baby's there how long are you staying down there longer now or are you coming right back uh no we came right back is there a shift to work now you're like come back to the city you know that it's a it's a a, a wake-up call obviously because i know you i have alcoholism in my family yeah do you ever uh like i think we're all run from our family history but we all run from chemistry in our family like mental illness or alcoholism with certain people does that come in your family at all is there not just alcoholism and drugs but is there mental illness
1: um i think like my mom is definitely an alcoholic so both my parents are and i'm and i'm blessed that i'm not you know, I would tell you, I'm not, like, really into, like, I don't have a drink. Yeah. I go out whenever I can. I mean, not, you know, not now, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe one, once everything opens back up. Yeah. We'll get back to it. No, but, um, no, I'm not, like, I don't, that's not, like, my thing. That's not my calling. You know, I yeah. was afraid. Growing up with my mom, like, and I, I know weed is not bad. Weed is great, um, but you know, growing up with my mom, she gave me a fear of weed because of the way her lifestyle was. A I was attached to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I attached that to like everything she was doing. Like, I didn't want to do anything she was doing. Yeah. So you know, she was drinking like crazy, doing all this violence. I used to watch her. I watched her. I watched her stab my stepdad. Like me, my brother, and my sister watched her stab my sis- my 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 stepdad. And and it's what's sad about that story was. We would watch fights so much, like fist fights, so much in my house, that in the beginning I would cry. Like I would cry, like just watching two people that I loved so much, like my mom and my stepdad, like punch each other in the face and stuff. Like that, that would make me cry. And but I got or like or like my just people fighting, like my my. Yeah, I don't want to like expose too much, but like just watching stuff like that, Um, I remember. I got to a point where I got used to it. I got used to it and um, and I would stop crying and I would be able to see it and be tough about it. And I remember I was like 12 years old and my sister, I think my sister's like four years younger than me. So she's like eight. And I remember she watched one of the fights and she starts crying. And I remember, and I feel so bad because I remember making fun of her and I was like, oh, you're crying. You can't take it. You can't take it. But this is me being a stupid 12 year old kid thinking that I'm tough now. Yeah. This is stuff you're not supposed to see as a kid, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like you can't take it, you crying like you're not tough enough. I'm like bragging that I'm tough now. Anyway, um there was a time when my mom stabbed my stepdad cuz he cheated on her or
0: whatever, so In front of you?
1: Yeah, in front of me, my sister, my brother. Um so uh yeah, I don't want to make it like too dark, but yeah, that, that's that's what happened. And me and my brother were just like um like, we were just like, yo mommy's crazy like I can't believe that happened like it was just so normalized like yo this is what but there was nothing we could do to get out of it like we're kids um so things like that was just so were' just so like like normalized you know so
0: life experience makes up who we all are right yeah everyone's life experience gives you like these tools in your toolkit to work with right yeah. now do you think like because seeing that you know in and, and you're comparing that, awful violence in the household yeah. but then you have this incredible drive for a higher purpose which you didn't know at the time was art but it was working towards being art well it was is that an edge is well, that an edge towards the other kids that you're in art school with
1: um wait it by the way it, i mean it was towards art the whole time but it would just be random like like random inspirations of like the acting thing it was just like oh he's 13 years old that's like the fast the, the fast uh fast paced to get yeah. to that but but it was always art that was always what i loved um and if uh was yes. it
0: out or was it up what was it mean? like you wanted to get out of the situation that you're currently in or do you just want to rise and there's a both. difference <laughs> both <laughs> both, okay. yeah all both right. for sure yeah okay all right and so is that so like when you're sitting in you know next to carl in art class right yeah that seems like you've got a lot of.
1: That's funny because the kid has an accent. Our class was Carlos. He was one of my friends. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: so wait, who's the, the good painter?
1: It was Carlos and Yanel, my two friends. Oh Yanel, yeah. you know,
0: I know, but who was the one with the graphite? Oh, the teacher? No, nah, no, the graphite. The kid. Oh, the graphite
1: oh. oh, oh, that was our design. Craig. Yeah. Craig. Sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry Craig Franco. My yeah, fault. yeah. Yeah.
0: Not knowing his background, but with all that experience that you have inside yourself, is that giving you a leg up on the competition?
1: yeah i felt like i was uh yeah i I felt like like these kids have never ever seen what i saw maybe they did i don't know what they've been through but in my head i was like these kids could never see what i saw and like go what i be go through what i've been through you know so i i felt like invincible, I felt like I could do anything. That's why I had that ego, and I went around telling kids like, "I'm going to be the best artist in this school." And, and you know, looking back is so like distasteful to, to say that and to hear, and I would never be like that. Um, but, but that's just what happened. That's just my history.
0: Now, after art and design, you start getting noticed more, right? You start getting yeah. a place to work. Walk it through, like so. What was the done with art and design? And then you go to FIT, right? And then you met someone that took you in. Yeah. Now this is Diane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Diane's a lovely later, a love lovely lady. We uh we hung out with her at the New Yorker. Yeah. Um, how did that go? So basically, what had happened? She she said, and correct me if I'm wrong. She uh had heard about your work from her ex husband. Yeah and you were giving him some money to rent the place and you were staying there right
1: yeah okay so my 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 whole life like okay so after after uh so i was at fit i dropped out because i had commissions and i
0: i thought like i could do it and i believe in myself i could do it i could wait wait, we're gonna stop real quick so gompers yeah art design yeah then from art design how did you get in fit and how much time passed
1: um
0: I applied for
1: FIT. I think you apply for college, like, senior year or whatever. And then I got accepted into FIT. And I cool. just went there the next year. Which the is next September. 2015. So gotcha. Yeah, Okay. Um, so I was there and then ended up dropping out. I was like, you know what? I could do this. Because the foundation year was stuff that all the art and design kids were, like, frustrated. Because that foundation year of college
0: was stuff that we all knew. We all had it down pat because we What's went. What's the to, foundation year? Is that, like, when you make, like, liberal arts school and they make you take, like, basket weaving
1: um they, they just make you take like everything like all the majors uh, gotcha. uh not all the majors um no sorry that was wrong they, they make you take like fundamentals of drawing like level one drawing and we've been dominated level yeah. one drawing like in yeah. high school so craig was frustrated i was frustrated all the other art and design kids that were there were frustrated about it um but i'm the only one that like well like i'm out of here like i already know this you know so i ended up dropping out and i um because cause that would have been four years of my life. And I was like, I could put those four years. I, I know... I, well, at the time, I felt like I know how to put those four years into something that's going to leverage me in a stronger way than school. That, That's what I felt like. Because cause I'm putting all my hours into school and then I'm too tired to even do my own ideas and my own stuff. And I felt like if I did my own stuff, I could like, do more than, than school. But, so I ended up leaving ended up going right back to my room in my grandma's house and painting there. Would paint every and all the stuff that I wanted. Would paint every day. That was it wasn't that's what I do. It wasn't hard for me. That like that was my job. So I had this one commission that was uh I was how old was I? Uh after art and design. I'm like nineteen yeah, I was like nineteen, nineteen twenty. Um so I'm living with my grandma again. Uh, oh by the way, I, I domed the FIT because I wanted to live in Manhattan. Nice. <laughs> so I domed in Manhattan. So I'm back at my grandma's. Um I'm painting uh my commission prices. I'm trying to put them higher, you know. So I think this one commission that I got, I was like, you know what? Let me try to let me try to uh get this good price. So I was like I told the guy 2000 and he said, yeah, and I was so shocked. I'm like a 19-year-old kid. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to get $2,000 for something that I love to do. Anyway, I was doing it for free in high school, and I loved it, so I'm like, all right, let's do this $2,000. But around that time, my grandma's husband, like, he hated the smell of oil paint. Like, I don't know how he had this super strong nose, but he could smell. My room was away from his, and the door was closed, and I would put the towel underneath the door, and somehow... Every time I opened my paint box, he could smell it within five seconds, and he hated it. He hated it so much, it would drive him crazy. He'd be like, get, get him out of here. Like, I hate the smell. Like, get like you can't paint in this house. He was so mad about it. So, I couldn't paint it there anymore. Like, I just couldn't. He he was just like, I'm sorry, you can't paint here anymore. So, I was like, all right. So, I got on Craigslist. I'm like, I'm going to find the cheapest place that I could paint. I don't care where it's at. So, one of the cheapest ones i found was this place in crown heights brooklyn and you know i I, you know i grew up in the bronx so in, in my haven so i i felt like i could go through any neighborhood i could go anywhere I, felt, I always felt like i'd go anywhere and like i'm i'm fine so uh so i'm i'm like i never heard of crown heights i'm like but i'll go is this a space i'm gonna be in my room so i go meet the guy um this room was a a, a room in his home in his whole family home so i'm like amongst like you know all his family life and stuff the room was tiny but i didn't care it's like as long as my i couldn't have my easel and my my bed i had a twin size mattress that i would i couldn't have them both open at the same time so whenever i had my easel open i would put my mattress up against the wall um so i needed to get that commission done so i was like the commission is going to take me like a month so that's four hundred dollars i get the sixteen hundred that i could keep so as I do that one I got another commission and so I'm like all right and he let me pay on a month by month basis. The guy his name is Mark, shout out to Mark. Um Mark he was amazing. He's an amazing person. He he loved me as an artist. He loved my work. He would like he treated me like family. He would give me food and stuff. He he was amazing and uh and and so he would always tell me, like, update me on your work. Your work is amazing. Like, whenever, like, I, I would love to peek into see your work in progresses whenever I can. Like, I would love to come to your art shows. Like, just always tell me what you're doing. Like, he was, he was, he loved me. So, I would always tell him. I, and uh, around that time, I had a an article that was in progress from this writer that was working on an article in the New Yorker. So he's like, anything new? Like, and I was like, um, yeah, no, I'm working on this piece. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. By the way, I'm gonna be in the New Yorker. It's gonna come up in like a few months. I don't know when. They didn't give me a date and he was like oh the new yorker my ex-wife diane works there like um she's an editor there she's a copy editor you should come um meet her and i was like yeah i I would love to so we met up for burgers and stuff and me and diane um hit it off from then yeah shout out to
0: diane (laughs) dude she's great and so she what she realized she saw the um, situation that you're in and she was like i have a place you can come stay for free
1: yeah we had uh Mark actually worked at FIT, it's funny, he was like, he teaches there, um, so we had burgers across the street from FIT after his job, and uh, I met Diane, and and um and so we, we were just speaking, and Diane was just asking me questions, and, and I was just telling her about my life and stuff, and, and she was like, wow, like, why are you paying $400 to be with Mark? Just come stay with me for free, and I was like, oh, like, i mean i don't know we, like we just met and she was like no like oh uh, just it could be like a uh, like a residency like i'm she's she's a writer she's like i'm an artist you're an artist it could be like a residency like and uh and and we we spoke about it and we ended up we, we ended up deciding on doing it and and she supported me i went i went to her home and i was painting in her living room She she's an amazing cook she her food is amazing like she, I always felt bad that she would cook for me because I'm like, oh, my God, now I feel like I'm an expense, you know, like you
0: don't have to like you don't have to cook for me. She's like, no, no, I love she 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 loved my work. She supported it. She supported me. Um, so but you're so check back to the neighborhood now. So you are now where's where her place at? Oh, in uh, Park Slope. So Park Slope, Brooklyn, which yeah, from New York super City. Super different. Far Cry from Mount Haven. Right. Far Cry from South Bronx. Yeah. You go back to the block. And if you explain any of this to your like friends or kids in the block, what are they what are they saying? I was already, like, after our Design, I was already, like,
1: separated from the kids on the block. I'm still cool. I'm, I still know them. Like, I yeah. still see them on the corner. I still say what's up to everybody. Um, you know, I don't act like I'm different. I'm still, like, I still walk around the block like nothing. But, um, uh, yeah, no, it's a whole different world. This is
0: a whole different world. <laughs> Super different. Fine artist, right? Now, Diane takes an interest in your work, right? So She gives you a safe place that's free to work. And develop your craft, right? She's a, yeah. she's a fan. I met her. She, she truly is a fan and, and an awesome person. Operating at that level, right? So you meet some people. You're doing some commissions. When you meet Diane, you know, you're being exposed. You know, New Yorker's doing articles on you, right? Yeah. Very, like, I'd call it terrestrial marketing, right? Like, like, like land-born, earth-born You're meeting people, you're going to parties, right? You're going to like kind of ritzy parties They're kind of meeting you like, oh, Devon does this amazing work, right? Some fine artists start taking notice of you too. That's kind of the old way I would say that artists get recognized. You, however, are a product of your age. Yeah. And so you use social media. Yeah. You start using social media. What was it like at first when you are kind of putting this stuff up there? Because most of your social media is like friends and family when you are kind of first starting this. I mean, you grew up with this. I didn't, so it's it's a little bit different. But I'm, I'm guessing if you were to ask Diane and other people too, they're probably not the biggest fans of social media and fine artists putting themselves out there on there. Is that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Diane... Diane is a, is amazing. She always uh, wants, I don't think she's like a huge fan of social media, but but she would do things for me like the old school way and introduce me to, to yeah, her friends and right stuff. On. Like and and she, I remember one of the first like one of my first days living with her. She was like, "Yo, we we gotta get your prices up and we gotta get your work to uh, bigger people." She's like she's like, "Have you ever?" She's like, "I have a friend, Jennifer Coolidge. She's gonna um I'll, I'll she Diane's sitting right next to me." She texts Jennifer Coolidge. She says, uh, "Hey Jennifer, this is my young friend Devon Rodriguez. He uh, he does these paintings." And she sends a link. And Jennifer responds right away. She goes, "Oh my god, that's incredible! Um, th- th- those are amazing! Oh my god, wow!" And and Diane tells him like, "Yeah, she, he's only nineteen. Whatever." We
0: we speak to Jennifer and uh. For those who don't know, who's Jennifer Coolidge? Stifler's mom. Yeah. 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 Shout out to
1: Jennifer Coolidge, one of yeah. the most amazing people in the world. Yeah. Super, super great person, good person. Super humble, amazing. I love her. Um, she so Jennifer ends up inviting us to go out to New Orleans, and uh, and we stood there for five days with her. Um, we we.
0: What's that like? You're from the South Bronx. It you, was you're, amazing. You're, you're I walked had into, this roller coaster house, and now you're going to New Orleans. Yeah, she, she upper she, echelons she, she, of society yeah she lives in this amazing
1: mansion i think that was my first time yeah that was my first time ever seeing a mansion beautiful super huge home uh i meet her and she was super humble treated me treated she treats everyone like treats everyone the same she she, she's 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 a good person she uh um we ended up like a year ago or two years ago i had this event where i did this painting for the uh this basketball painting um, and she was my plus one in LA, and, and um, it there was an open bar, and she, all the like, all the people that helped, like the photographers and the the bartenders, she would give them like super big tips, like the drinks were free, and she'd give him like fifty dollars a drink, and the photographer, she'd give him like every time he took a picture of us, she's like giving him fifty dollars, and he's like. Ma'am, like I'm getting paid very well for this. She's like, no, you're not getting paid enough. You guys work way too hard. Like she's just that kind of person. She's amazing. She she always tipping like way more than she should and treats everyone the same and she's just amazing.
0: So what's that side note? Side note. So but you're being basically brought around. Right. Like you're meeting all these people, right? Now that drive you have into that higher purpose, we'll call it. Leads you to social media. You start putting your work online, right? And that's when I think about when we first met. Yeah. So you got, you know, 20,000 followers, we'll call it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's going, it's going higher, right? You're getting some press, right? Like, it's you know, it's working. You do this revolutionary interview with me, 2018. (laughs) Yeah. But then TikTok's invented. Yeah. So what happened? Okay, so. Break it down. How did Devon Rodriguez
1: get on TikTok? Okay, so three months ago, I'm speaking to, um, that girl, Sophia Aljabori. We speak on Instagram all the time. Um, she's in the UK. Uh, she says, you know, she's on TikTok. She has a huge following on TikTok, 500,000. I'm like, Whoa, that's insane. Like I gotta, I, I gotta, like, I gotta get on. Cause I, cause I'm, um, you know, all artists want to be seen and we all want to succeed. So, you know, I'm like, that's way more eyeballs on my stuff, you know, that could put me higher. Um, And then, like I said, so, so I was painting things. I was, I learned how to edit. I I painted like, uh, I was painting portraits. I was the stuff that I was doing. I was putting up my commissions. I was everything that I was doing on a daily basis. uh, You know, I would have. I was painting that anyway. All I had to do was put the camera, put my phone on it. I bought this iPhone holder. I put my phone on it. Um, I I got this app. I, I learned how to edit them, and I sliced them together. I. Yeah, so they, they they were doing alright. They were doing a thousand views, two thousand views, five hundred views, a hundred views. It was all different, you know. Max was like, max 4, three thousand views, four thousand, something like that. So, I was on it for like a while, for like a a month. Well, a, a month is a long time for TikTok. TikTok is a super fast pace. You go viral real fast. Um, so I was on it for a month. Um. Uh, nothing was really happening for me. You know, it, it was a slow growth, um, super slow. And then, um, I knew during the pandemic, I had to do the subway work, but those paintings take me so long, especially for my taste and my standards to get every detail. I just would have never been able to get to it. So I was like, you know what? I, I'll i do daily sketches. Like I'll do a small pencil sketch that'll, that'll, uh, be, uh, way way faster you know way faster than a painting if i do a painting up the pandemic is probably going to be over by the time i finish like a big painting that i that i is up to my taste you know and and i had a bunch of other commissions going on so so uh so i get on the subway and i'm already on tiktok for like a month doing those paintings and so i was like oh i'll put this subway sketch on tiktok too because i wanted to film everything that i was doing any art that i was doing i'm gonna film it um so i randomly came up with this idea at like two in the morning how i'm gonna film it i'm gonna record the person then i'm gonna pan down to my sketchbook then i'm gonna slice the sketch up because um i was i did research on tiktok on youtube and and how to go viral and stuff but uh But this is work that I would have done anyways. If you go back on my Instagram, scroll down to 2015, I have Subway sketches from back then. Um, But anyway, but I I do want to learn how to go viral. So I'm learning how to go viral on YouTube. And you have to keep the video like kind of short to get the most amount of watch time. Something like 13 to 22 seconds. uh, Because the more you keep their eyes on the screen the more you tell tiktok that this is great content and the more it gets pushed harder and harder and harder so none of my videos got pushed out of all of those painting videos they they were they, they were all right um so i did my first subway sketch uh drew the whole thing um had it done ready posted it first one was six million views now i never got anything close to one million. So I'm like, whoa! Six million views. Like that's nuts. Viral. I can't believe it. Next day, I do the same thing. Um, draw another person. Uh, like seven million views. I was like, whoa! This is insane. This is nuts. I did. I did another one. Kept doing it. I-, I was gonna do a pandemic series. I'm still doing it. Um. Um. This was a. Uh, Two and a half months ago when I did my first one, and I had a ten k follow ten thousand followers when I first started before the first sketch. Now I have eight million followers, and that's how fast it went and um yeah, and just my videos just went viral all over the internet everywhere, just everywhere i I can't even describe like what everywhere means, just so many huge pages like Lad Bible, BuzzFeed. I saw it on Snapchat. Um, you know, like on the Snapchat stories. Um, what about
0: Times Square? What about a uh, what happened at Times Square?
1: Yeah. Um, so this, basically, I, I had so many people reaching out to me after all those viral videos just kept spreading and spreading and spreading. This guy named Mauricio um, has this company called Latin Plug. Um, he sponsored that Times Square um, billboard for for a day.
0: And, so what? They don't know, and you're being modest about is. A kid from South Bronx was plastered all over Times Square, right? Massive billboard with a paint was it? What was it the self? Yeah, it was a self-portrait. Self-portrait painting. of you.
1: Yeah. What's that feel like? Um. Uh, so before that, I had a month of a. Uh, well, I'm it's still going. It's it's. Uh, it,
0: <laughs> I mean, I saw it on the little subway box. Not the subway boxes. The what's what it's called? Oh, the link. N Y C link. Yeah. This yeah. Is, atrocious atm looking thing that's all over the city oh yeah yeah but then you see it on it what's that like man from from everything from from you finding your dad dead the violence you saw in the household right gompers to art design to quitting fit to getting into tattoos for a bit and now you're in times square um well i was what's the immediate what's the if you had to pick a few like one line what, what, what does it feel like uh, if the first, it's funny because the
1: first word that comes to my head is like numb. Like, yeah, it's like seeing the things that happened that that happened around me as a kid. It's like those things are so like, uh, I'm I'm trying to think of a word, um, like incredible, but in a negative way. Yeah, those are so shocking in a negative way. It's just super shocking and things that you wouldn't think are possible. So there's like there's no boundaries anymore, you
0: know, I'm, I'm numb to anything, you know, like boundaries to the low or to the,
1: high. or to the high. Yeah. yeah. It's like anything is possible. It
0: just comes in when there's like a short circuit in the system. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah.
1: um, like I'm very shocked about like what happened with, um, you know, getting to a million followers on Instagram and, and all that, but it's, it's almost like I'm seeing my life through a lens. That's not me. Like I'm not connected to myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Probably sounds insane, but no, it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm watching my life as a movie, but it's
0: you don't feel like you're in the movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like I, I look it's at called, my your, it's outer
0: body. Yeah. What's going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the future with corporate interests, right? Corporations that want to join, like TikTok, right? You're a partner with TikTok. Yeah. Each of those life experiences that you went through, you know, ones that the ones that I would say make you numb, prepare you for dealing with situations like that, right? Yeah. So, do you feel like is that an advantage because of your life experience going into those business negotiations now? Uh, Maybe I'm. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, (laughs) who knows? Let me tell you this: so when you first started doing commissions for wealthy people and you started bringing paintings to their mansions or not, you know, New York City mansions, insane, ostentatious, multiple bedrooms in New York City, which is the highest rent in the world. Mm It's tough to act not blown away, right, when you went in there yeah would you yeah. kind of front would you kind of front and act like it's not cause well yeah kind of yeah
1: I mean of course I can't uh, you know I can't tell them like a certain price and then come in and then be shocked they're like oh but we're paying you this like why are you so shocked <laughs> yeah
0: that's, that's probably South Bronx to do though right that's that yeah, that's maybe. The street in you it's a hustle maybe cause you roll with it you're not like oh god you know I would, I would imagine but, I'm, going, I'm going left field here that the girl eating the apple sitting down has a far different experience in business than what you have
1: yeah but but i look at it as like as like a movie like you know like you watch a movie and you see a talented artist and and you could imagine him being commissioned by a rich person and then you could imagine him walking into a scene where like the house looks the house is huge and, and and super they're super wealthy and stuff so it's like that's what i'm walking into it's like this is just a, a scene in a movie see your life
0: like you're the hero in the movie Is that like some joe rogan shit be <laughs> the hero in the movie of your life
1: Yeah, I don't know about the hero, just the character. (laughs) Just one of the characters.
0: Um, I want to do some notes here, all right? So we might have to backtrack a little bit, okay? First thing I want to do, I want to do a name association. Okay, a name, a name association. So there's when I say this word, people get caught up. You're going get fucked up. I trouble? already asked you if you knew some graffiti artists from the day, and you, you very politely <laughs> walked away from it. Skirt. Skirt, <laughs> <laughs> left-haired. sick if you're like, Banksy. <laughs> like, By the way, do you like my art? No free ads. Yeah, love it. It's a new studio. I love this one. Yeah, it's nice. That's uh, That actual sums up the... Uh, complete amount of my artistic uh, talent <laughs> yeah that's that's my best work right there that's but that's it and then daryl strawberry uh all right first we're gonna start with name recognition i'm gonna say a name in your uh, past and yeah. i want to hear what you're to say about. oh it.
1: my god james harrington genius i have to come up with one word no oh just, oh oh, oh talk about him okay this is another thing i want to speak about you just reminded me of something You know how I said, like, when I grew up, I always felt like I was meant for a higher purpose. And I always felt like, you know, I never spoke about this except for one kid in, like, fourth grade. And we both, like, connected on it. He goes... He, he was like one of my best friends he goes yo you know i always felt like i was like the chosen one and i was like oh my god me too because i like i always felt like that and i never told anyone because i probably knew at the time that that sounds insane but um but i always felt like and i know that sounds so grandiose and narcissistic that's why i wouldn't even tell anyone that but as a kid i don't feel like that now i feel like i got a bunch of luck i got very lucky but as a kid i felt like like I'm the chosen one even though there's there's nothing signifying that if anything I'm the there's nothing signifying that like the the way we lived we lived in a bathroom that we shared um before I'm not sure if it was before or after uh yeah after that home that I told you about that we lived um amongst the other families we moved right next door where we lived in a room and that room was private. It was just a room. It was like a studio. It was tiny, but it was five of us in there. But we shared the bathroom with the building, like a dorm, you know. In that bathroom, people would just come in like drug addicts would come in to the building, like people that didn't even live there. So in that bathroom, it was like a, a standing stall. Every now And we had to wear slippers to take a shower there because we, were, we my mom always made us because she's like, you're going to catch fungus if you don't wear slippers. So in that bathroom, you would see heroin needles and condoms. And whenever we saw that, we would just tell our mom, like, mom, there's a needle, like, take it out. And then she'd take it out. Um, So, yeah, what kind of kid thinks he's the chosen one after that? Like, that's what's going on. So I don't know if it was, like, cartoons that I watched or, like, you know, stuff that I watched. But that's what I thought about myself. So um, anyway, so going to um, Gompers. Jeremy Harper, that teacher showed me his sketch. He was already super inspirational to me, like seeing how Jeremy Harper. Yeah. Okay. Seeing how well he drew, he was already a huge inspiration, like life changing. Um, and like I knew he could help me get out of that school, helping me like, cause he got accepted into SVA. He knows what an art portfolio, how it looks like. If he approves, I'm already approved, cause he's like, he knows. So, we did our whole portfolio, whatever. He showed me his sketches and his sketchbook. Back when he was in SVA, he was like, This is me as a college student. And he had a bunch of subway sketches. Um, That's what inspired me to do the subway sketches. And as a kid from the Bronx at the time, I was like, That's, you don't ask for permission? Like, he's like, I'm like, That's kind of creepy. And he was like, Nah, I mean, not just drawing, this is practice. The best way to practice is drawing from life. So I was like, Oh, all right, dope. Like, he's, in my head, he's um, incredible he's still incredible, but he's, he's a super successful. Like he's at the top. He went to SVA. Keith Haring went to SVA. He's up in line with them. So like, I'm going to do that. So um, I did the subway sketches because of him. I was inspired by him. And then when I go to my next school, art and design high school, I meet James Harrington and his thing was subway paintings. It's not that common, you know, to, like subway work. It's not that. Co- that's why, like, I've become kind of known for it because it's not too common. So, that's a super huge coincidence for to meet to meet Jeremy. Jeremy Harper does subway sketches. Then next school, James Harrington is doing subway paintings. So I do subway paintings because James Harrington inspires me to do that. But at the same time, I was always inspired to draw people around me, like those gangster figures that I used to draw with the cap to the back and the bandana. Um, so it's just funny seeing that line from like being a kid and thinking like this was written out for me and then meeting Jeremy Harper, doing the subway sketches, doing the subway paintings, going back to the subway sketches because of Harper to happen in Gompers. And now I'm super viral from the subway sketches. But I was inspired by somebody else. You know, I'm giving credit to Jeremy Harper and James Harrington. I was inspired it was like it was given to me. It was like, it felt, It feels like it was written for me, you know? Like, I still put in the, the, the talent and the technique and the, yeah. the, the drive and all that. But isn't that funny? That was like given to me and all of a sudden it's like viral.
0: It's, it's also too, it's, it's the higher purpose thought before. Again, not religious. But it's interesting that with higher purpose comes self-alignment that you just happen to bump into these people that happen to also take interest in the subways. You're talking different times between Harrington, right? That's what. What when was he doing his subway drawings? If you put a year on it,
1: when when, when was he doing
0: the? When was he doing his subway work?
1: Uh, the whole time, like
0: yeah, yeah, but earlier than you were, obviously, because he's older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just generationally, what? since the since the since the 80s, was COVID the genesis? You always had done this stuff before, but what what was it? What made it just the critical mass? How about that that hit and then it went viral? Was it something about the masks? About everyone being stuck inside, being on their phone? What is it? There's there's a certain
1: thing. There's a certain content that the TikTok algorithm likes, and it's uh. There's a lot of luck involved, like. I was doing these paintings that I thought were good and uh, none of them went viral really. But these subway sketches did. I think it's a mix of like New York City. That That is a question that I think about. If, if these people weren't wearing the mask and we weren't going through a pandemic, would have they gone viral? But I think they still would have on TikTok. But I think the like all the news stations that picked me up, it uh, those happened because of... Um, my idea of documenting the pandemic um but yeah i think that just that i just got uh i was in the right place at the right time you know yeah that's that's what i like i i'm I'm still in the beginning of tiktok has been around for like a year or two maybe two years i'm still in the beginning of it where it's easier to go viral and i got very very lucky there's so much luck involved do you there's so much talent out there that that do not they do not go viral and there's a lot of luck
0: it's so easy me being a comedian yeah you being an artist there's so easy to be older as i am than Mm -hmm. you to just discourage and be like ah tiktok's for like kids and dancing right and you know we have conversations about this pretty regularly right where i basically what's my advice to you don't listen to anyone that's older than you when it comes (laughs) to social media uh what is it about tiktok that excites you in a non whack way. I, I, I'm, oh, I'm being okay. So let me change my answer. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't give me that shit. Because so, uh, there's a genuine excitement about it for you, different than what I see from, let's say, I'm a comedian. So comedians, like my contemporaries, right? You're the first one I've seen doing original shit on there. That you yeah. know, and again, that's what I think is resonating with the people. Why? Why you're so popular? And they're stuck so, inside. and They're forced to look at your shit. But, yeah. So um what is it what like what about it excites you because you get excited when you talk about it i'm so glad you didn't wear a tiktok hoodie here (laughs) i have to rep them i love tiktok i should have worn (laughs) it i love tiktok um
1: no tiktok is so exciting it's like super fresh it's like the if they got the finger on the pulse like that's the they're they're at the the pinnacle of social media that's the app to be on you know if you want to be if you want to be famous, or get your message across, or get your message across, yeah. If if you want to have a bunch of people like I'm I'm not saying that I went on to be famous, but if you want to be famous or if you want to have your stuff shown to millions of people, TikTok is the way to go. And and like now I have literally millions of people, which is insane to even say because I don't really believe it in my head, but you know because it happens so fast that it 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 just doesn't seem real. But I literally have millions of people watching me and that whole story that i told you about my childhood and me still becoming whatever all those kids that follow me now because tiktok does have like a very like young crowd and and i also on instagram like i have a, a lot of kids that write to me and tell me that i inspire them and and they keep they were gonna quit drawing and they keep drawing because of me and that like like they went out and bought art supplies and started drawing because of me because it was always in the back of their mind you know like that excites me that they tell me that and then they i don't know where they come from but a lot of them don't come from my background so yeah. um them hearing that and then seeing that you could still somehow make it inspires them and that's that's super exciting like what's interesting to me about
0: to talk and you talking you yeah. Is this you first interest your first interest in art was graffiti. And the purpose of graffiti is what? Everyone sees your runs, right? You yeah. paint trains so more people can see them, right? So you paint a train in New York City or you paint a, a heavens they call in LA, right? Like yeah. the billboards on top, right? Yeah. Every single commuter sees your shit. Every day they see what you blast, how you write, how your hand is coming along. TikTok is the new version of graffiti because now your art is digital graffiti it is bombarding eyes and ears yeah and i'm curious that is that a is that a is that a safe assumption to make about you that the excitement that you talk about tiktok reminds me of my friends that are older that are old graffiti heads from la
1: yeah i mean every artist wants their work to be seen um uh there's a lot of passion in it but there's also like you know, everybody wants to succeed and like have their work in galleries. But you know, this is like the new. Um, I think where the direction that my work is going into is like, it's it's like kind of new. Like, like all the work that I sell, all, all all the all the work that people buy, you know, come they come from social media. So um, it's it's not um, you know, most of it doesn't come from a gallery you know but I still make a living from social media so um I don't even know if I'm answering your question but but yeah, yeah uh, I I I just want to continue doing what I'm doing and and uh and to do what I'm to do what I love I like need to get paid so if I have a lot of people seeing my work the chances of all those people wanting to buy something goes higher so I could just continue doing what I love you know
0: you go hard though Oh. In a pandemic, you go real hard. No, oh. you know, and I'm, this is a yeah. <laughs> Because that's another, that, that excitement is, though, in terms of the amount of posting you're doing. And, like, we always give a shit, like, I'm a, you know, I'm in my 30s. You think I post now, too comedian. much? <laughs> no, I don't. I think, well, I think you're, I'm going you on. are answering the demand for your supply. Yeah. But I see you putting in a lot of work. Um, yeah. It's interesting, because I'm going to put you in charge of, I'm going to, I never thought I, I'm on record on interviews saying I'm not going to do TikTok, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do TikTok. <laughs> I'm well, I'm gonna put you in charge of because I mean, dude, you're putting work in. i mean We're talking. It's not just like this is what I painted today. When you see Devon's art, which most of you have and more will see, you are filming. Like you're also a film director. <laughs> Because you you know you're you're yeah. casting, you're harassing interns. No, I'm just kidding. You're uh you're you filming your work. You're filming. Re- you're you know you're you're out there trying the reactions once. Yeah. You're out there. You're you're working on this, and it's almost. It's not almost. I'm watching an artist leave one medium and go to another because. It's not just like this is your art or that this is your art, right? That's, yeah, yeah. I like that piece, right? These these ones those oh, are yeah. my favorite of <laughs> No, but it's not just here's my art. This is this is this is my art. This is how I make it. This is how it's received. Yeah. It's you can smell it. It's four it's four dimensional. I yeah. mean, it's imagine if Picasso had that, back in the day, right? Yeah. You got to not to mention the patience. Yeah, it takes a lot of patience, a lot. I think that's what it comes from, the higher purpose sense, though, because you do have that, you know, I think all that stuff that you went through before, you know, I, could, I could talk shit all day about influencers or, you know, Instagram famous. Man, people work their fucking asses off, right? Yeah, yeah, are they getting, do. You're getting what you deserve because you're working super hard, and I'm seeing it. I text you all the time, I'm like, damn, another one. Yeah. You're like, DJ Khaled over here. Another (laughs) one. No. But you went through a phase of a year ago of doing tattoos. Oh, yeah. You got into tattooing. And I would always make the argument when we talk. I would say tattoo is its own art. Yeah. Which you can spend a lifetime and not master as your dad did. Right. Mastered it. Is that a watered down version of your fine art? And if it is, why is TikTok different? Um. Okay. So, side note, I was
1: thinking. I, I sometimes I think about this, and and I know so many talented people, and sometimes I'll have this guilt, like, like I've reached a million followers on Instagram, like that's insane. Like I know so many talented people. You know, I'm gonna be honest. I know so many talented people, and and you know, they they don't get that. So this is like, like a like a glitch or. a... Or you know, it's very, very lucky. You know, there's so much luck into it. And I, luck has no, to be e- met e- with e- preparation. You no, know, yeah, every, everyone, you know, to me, hard work and preparation and putting in the hours to me, like that's like a given. And also, I want to get into like high school and like all the self help books that I used to read. But but all that that's that was like a given to me. Like like reading reading Malcolm Gladwell and the Ten Thousand Hours, you could do that and still not succeed. So that has to be met on its own and then um then you got to find something else but but anyway um so the tattooing thing um my it's funny cuz my dad always wanted me to be a tattooer He always told me like you're going to be a tattooer and and that's what I want you to be so um he was teaching me when I was there in his home and uh i just let go of it i just kind of stopped and then um then when i went to um get this sleeve by chris garver i don't know if you ever seen miami inc he he was like the star of the show he's uh he's one of my dad's friends they used to work together in miami super incredible tattoo artist shout out to chris garver and one of the best japanese tattoo artists in the world um he started doing this I, i got to sleep from him as he was doing it he told me like why don't you why don't you ever get into tattooing like your dad would be super proud and I think you would be great at it and I was like Chris Garver's telling me that so he's like yeah you would be good at doing portraits and um and I was like all right you think so and he's like yeah try it out and and show me show me some show me like show me five portraits and I was like all right so uh I just went out and did them I, I like I I was just focused on that for those months. It it was like three, four a a three, four month period where I did I didn't paint, I didn't draw. I was just I went out, bought a tattoo machine. I would watch what he was doing on my arm and I and I I knew how to set up from like my dad and and, and stuff and um and i i, I would just watch and I, I would think like I'll watch him tattoo me and I'll think like, oh that's kinda like drawing. Like I could see how this from painting or this from drawing translates to tattooing or like all the, the I would watch him do the drops Um, which was so fascinating to me because it relates to to drawing so like say he has five ink caps one was like all black one was like a certain amount of black and the rest was filled with, with water as he goes it was a gradation all the way to like one drop of black with all water so that's like the lightest tone so I'm like oh I could see how you build up a portrait um doing that um so, yeah, it was just a, a little phase of tattooing friends and stuff. And
0: I think that's important for artists, though, is you went down avenues and you explored it. Yeah. And that's going to add to your, let's call a body of work, right? Yeah. I, I mean, a body of work is weird because let's say if you're like an actor, you have a body of work. It's like, I've been in these movies. Art's different because you go through some phases, which, you know, all artists do where you're like, don't look at that, <laughs> you know, yeah. like maybe after I'm dead, go back there. But you're always working on this craft now you take tick tock and you take the subway uh, project that you've been working on it's an acceleration of that process because you have i would argue one tick tock post is getting as many views as picasso had in his lifetime is <laughs> that am i talking i, I might know. be talking <laughs> I, I have no idea i mean a lot of great artists die broke most yeah. do from the last era i feel damn that's a good question i wish i was good at math i wonder (laughs) but what what, what's like what's an average video like how how many views are you getting on tiktok uh it
1: it depends sometimes the algorithm likes to act up (laughs) it's different you're talking shit against your own no 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 no. they no i love um no everyone everyone knows that it's just uh some days that are more lucky my biggest one is
0: 79 million views 79 million views of your art yeah right yeah, I'm. 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 I'm a double stamp that. I think that's more. That's definitely more than major artists in their lifetimes people have ever seen. Not that that matters, but it's definitely interesting. It's a phenomenon. Yeah, it's nuts. What do you see for the future? Um,
1: I. I. I don't know, but I. I feel like it put me at this point where I'm more free to decide, like, I have more freedom to like pursue any art project that I want, I feel like, you know, like I could go in any direction and the people that, the people that remember this podcast, remember the work that I did and remember like all the kids that I try to inspire, I feel like they're going to still support me throughout um, other art projects that I pursue. Hopefully, I mean, who knows, but I just feel like that, like I, I, I... I, i've reached so many people it's nuts and and they're all supporting me and they're all treating me so nice and they all tell me they love me and stuff and it's'm
0: I'm, I'm happy for it um when you when you pull up to start our project are you thinking about that kid that witnessed so much violence in their house when they're younger like yeah no if the, you could be an outlet be, for that before yeah for sure before coming into this
1: um interview i spoke to one of my cousins and and uh and i spoke to my brother and i was telling them like like yo should I be open with how I grew up you know because they know how I grew up my brother was there so I'm like yo should I be open about mommy and and like I, I mean I want to be because of all those kids like I probably I mean out of all those followers I'm sure there's kids that are getting abused like right now like and uh and they probably think like life is over for them you know that's what I thought like um like, damn, when am I going to get out of this? For some reason, I thought I was, but I'm like, when is it going to happen? Like, this shit is torture. Um, What would you tell them, specifically? um, I I would tell them that things change. Like, I would have... You know how you go through, like, day after day after day after day, and and you know, like, like, I'm very familiar with my life, and it's not going to change. I know how to... how, how, like, habits get broken, and, like, they're not being broken, and and like i don't see an end now break that down expand on that
0: how do i have S- it end? end? by uh <coughs> breaking them
1: yeah by breaking them and and i don't know I, I felt like i was like i was in my grandma's house i was doing all these paintings and people thought that i was I'm talking about like three, three, four months ago. People thought that I was already super great, but I, I didn't... For my standards, I didn't feel like I was... Um, And I don't want to sound cocky, but these are the words that come to my head. I didn't feel like I was getting what I deserved. And that sounds terrible because I was already like in the New York Times at a very young age, but I I still felt like I should... Um, I don't know. I just felt like I, I wanted to grow more and a little bit faster. So... And I didn't think it was gonna happen anytime soon. Um I just thought I was gonna grow at the rate I was growing, and it was going good. It was, you know, you knew me, it was going good. But I I, I wanted it to be like this. I mean, not like this. This fucking blew up to like a whole other a t- hundred times, a thousand times more than I imagined. Like I would have never thought that would happen. So I'm I'm good, like I'm I'm good, I'm set, but um uh what what was the question? I forgot what the question was. <laughs>
0: you had talked about your habits oh yeah so and you had seen so i was i was asking you know oh yeah so for the kid for the kid that um what are you telling the kid, yeah, you I'm, telling I'm the kid like, to, like a little devon
1: yeah like he thinks that day by day life is going to stay the same but no it changes it gets better somehow uh magically and you think I'm, think gonna, it's magic or I'm gonna magic i'm going it's hard work I think there's a lot of magic. Like I always mention, all the luck. I think
0: there's a lot of magic. But well, what about that when you were like, I oh. don't want to, I don't want to do the three shit. Three shit wasn't for you, or you when you. you that know, was magic. I didn't. I didn't. That was. That was put into me. I, growing up,
1: I saw, cause there's kids that that see that, and that's all they know. Cause that's all I know. That's all they know. And it's like, all right, that's how I behave. That's all I know. That my mom is um, doing this. I do that. My uncle, my dad is doing this. It's a vicious cycle. That's what I do. Yeah. So, but I had this like magic in me that told me that's what my mom does. I'm doing the opposite. That's not what makes you like. I didn't. I didn't. I don't take ownership. I don't take. I don't take credit for for a five year old thinking like that. You know. It's like that was that was there. You know how 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 could I like I'm, I'm five I don't i am know what I'm doing that was th- those thoughts were there you
0: obviously can't bring everybody out it's a classic street story yeah do you have a list of people that you want to get out starting with grandma abuela put oh, yeah she's, you up. she's at the top of the list yeah. for sure and she packs your t-shirts that you sell yeah yeah Fucking she's amazing kids mean, yeah. selling merch having abuela pack that stuff <laughs> god damn that's-, that, that, that's well I hired her she gets paid. <laughs> Good. Well, <laughs> For sure. Bless her heart. Definitely. She, looks, she looks amazing.
1: Well, she, she wants to do it. It's funny because she she also inspires me because the amount of work she puts in. Oh my God. She's so my grandma is a immigrant from Honduras. Um, she came here uh in the eighties or the 70s. One of those. Yeah, the 70s. And um she loves jobs. She, this is what she told me. She loves she told me that her favorite job was this job that she got where she had to put in connect all these pens like it was like three parts she'll put the top part middle part bottom part, and like twist it together, put it to the side and um put all these pens together all day same mundane task she said that's her favorite kind of work because she doesn't have to think and she just does it and she could do that for hours and hours and hours. And I was like, I was like, wow, you enjoy that? She's like, yes, I love it. She like, I think her first job she told me when she came to, uh, the states was, um, ironing clothes. She loved that. She Irons a shirt, puts it to the side. So um. So with the merch, every time I offer to pay her, she's always like, no, you don't have to pay me. Like, and of course I'm gonna pay her. I, I owe her my life. I owe her. I owe her everything. She saved my life. She she. There's a few people that saved my life. She's like one of the big ones. Um, so she's always like asking me like more merch, more merch. Like, c- c- <laughs> like, cause she's, she's retired. She's like bored. She's like
0: Abuela Supreme, man. She yeah. Rules.
1: She, she's bored. She's like, I want to fold. I want to fold merch. She's like where's the merch? Like, I'm like this date, this date, this date. Um, but yeah, no, she loves it. And um, yeah, she gets paid and always tries to not get paid. But you know, of course she's getting paid
0: what's that uh what's that like because she's got there's a lot of kids in the house still yeah and we talk about this too and we can edit this out however you want to do this (laughs) but we talk about this too i i as the (laughs) white man (laughs) i always tell you stack the money (laughs) i think over the years i've seen you going with the with the art school girl you've been you know you've been down the rabbit hole of (laughs) les devon you know i'm in the les i've got a nice little art school but you're at home and you're protecting your the bag yeah because that's what security is yeah yeah but what's it like for the survivor's guilt of that because let's say not not your best friend it's too close let's say other people like a million followers right how many people do you get like yo put me on a Put lot. me on. It's it's. Yeah.
1: You know what's funny? I thought you know, because I'm still the same person. I'm still the same kid. So when you hear those stories of like, like those rappers or like people that came up, like yeah, once I came up, people came out the woodworks. I thought that was a cliche. I really thought it was yeah. a cliche. Like, cause, cause you know people and and like you know how people are and they're like, yeah, I'm not gonna just like act like that because he just got a minute. But there's actually kids from from I don't want to be too specific with them just in case they hear this. But like people that hit me up like, yo, share this, post this on your story. Can you please put me (laughs) like, oh, my God, I, I do think about like how things are meant to happen. Like, like, it's not fair that like I got lucky and somebody else didn't, but I don't. I'm not guilty about it. I'm just interested in like how does life work like that? But but what I am guilty about is like DMs. Like I get so many DMs now and I used to take pride on responding to everybody back before all these I used to take pride on that. And that is. I was trying as I was going up <laughs> as I was the followers were going up. I was still trying, but then it got to a point where I can't and it's so overwhelming how many messages I get.
0: Yeah, it's and not, overwhelming
1: and now, it's so overwhelming I can't get to everyone and it's like a guilt when people could you imagine somebody writing to you telling telling them them telling you you're my idol I love you and you and you get a bunch of those and you want to respond to everyone but that would take your whole day like that's a guilt
0: that I have what about the other side of that because you crossed over and now people want something from you not everybody Certain people are like, hey, wanna go sketch together? And, you know, I might throw it up on my Instagram story. <laughs> the, uh, well, another thing product. I'm using th- you for, 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 you're a piece of meat in <laughs> that aspect. Um, you gotta guard yourself on that. An- another thing where, where like I have to guard
1: myself is uh, um, a lot of people don't realize, and I don't, blame them too much because i guess if it happens so much then it must be like it's not their fault it's just a coincidence but a lot of people don't respect art as like a job and they think it's a hobby yeah so like when i was coming growing the following and i was responding to everyone they would say like uh sup no <laughs> afterwards <laughs> no they, so, <laughs> so what are you up to today sorry continue. no they would say like oh like um um, you're, you're my inspiration and I would say thank you so much that means a lot to me like thank you because um, and- I would try to respond to so many people but then a lot of follow up answers like now that I got him here would be totally. can you draw me for free <laughs> and and like I don't
0: it's fine it's fine like I, I love you all but it's like wait, wait, wait full stop has anyone ever asked you, Leonardo DiCaprio, Titanic style, to paint you like their French girls? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, the new one is draw me like one of your subway girls. So I'm, I might put that on a shirt, like for merch. But I don't know if I'm, I'm not that big, so it might not happen. But um, so that kind of like killed the guilt a little bit because I might get caught with that, like, oh, draw me for free, and then I gotta say like, I, which is the truth,
0: like I'm, I'm like overbooked, I have too much going on, but. It's also a very weird thing. Yeah. To be like, "Hey, <laughs> you know that thing you do really but well? That of them, millions of people watch? Focus it on me, <laughs> buddy. And make sure you do that." Yeah, and, but I, I don't think
1: I, I don't think the um I don't think they think like that. Like it is cuz they know that I'm
0: having fun doing it. So it's like, oh, just include me. So I don't want to offend that. Oh, that's that. so cute how in your 20s you are. Yeah, no, <laughs> You're just so naive about that. Like, yeah, no. no,
1: I don't want to offend any like, no, because there's kids that ask that. And they're really sure. very innocently. Kids, kids like, are
0: different. I'm yeah, talking no, about grifters, like no, no, no operators.
1: No, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm talking about them. I'm talking about like the TikTokers, like the, the kids, like they read, yeah. they mean they're like innocent. So I don't want them to like hear Kappa. this and think that I'm like trash and yeah. dumb i love them but
0: yeah hey little kids on tiktok dm devon and ask him to paint you <laughs> <laughs> some
1: of them literally not 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 the kids i don't know how old they are but some of the dms literally say
0: for free <laughs> but it's okay they want to be, i know they don't know yeah, yeah you no, ever say okay. dumb shit to celebrities when you're younger i mean i didn't really what you mean like dm reach out i mean with your with your skill in facebook and myspace investigative work i'm sure you terrorized quite a few people no not really what about you ever Say dumb shit to idols or like mentors no like what like what kind of <laughs> i mean you're like an artist that takes interest you're like in a gallery or someone that like you're, you're interested you ever say dumb shit i do yeah I no, say, no like well, wow, give me an example i don't man, think i do <laughs> this is like i have said shit that goes through my teeth and i'm like what are you saying <laughs> and i mean i like i talk for a living i'm pretty all right at this instrument called a mouth but dude he ever <laughs> gets you get caught and You just say dumb shit you never had that happen to you before? I don't think so man it, there's two There's two answers to that either one you're very very good and you're articulate and you're very careful how you speak or two you're oblivious <laughs> to it and you say that shit all the time. I think with like
1: uh, anyone that's a celebrity I'm extra careful with uh, what I say.
0: Oh yeah I think celebrity is different than mentor is what I'm talking what about will you always be in New York?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: What is it about New York? Who City? knows?
1: I didn't. I mean, not, all, all, I didn't think any of that stuff would happen. But uh, who knows what is going to happen? I mean, if you would have tell me that all this stuff would happen, I would have never believed it. It's funny that all that stuff, as we put, lay it out, it sounds like whoa, big changes, big change that happened, this happened, but it just all like kind of gradual like it just all happened you know Yeah. like the tattooing the fit the dad the tiktok it
0: just it just all happened let's go back to name recognition i want to revisit this because <laughs> we did this in 2018 I, I, i'm curious on, on the answers are you ready yeah don't feel like you have media training now you're you're pretty good on the spiel i got better i th- no, since twenty eighteen, you've always been great at this, but like you think so? you're better at avoiding the question. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you're like oh You like, oh. do a politician thing? <laughs> oh, I do. Oh, I like, think you ain't talking shit. To it's because I've been watching.
1: Shit. I've been watching other interviews, like yeah, like Joe Rogan and stuff,
0: and yeah, he's fucking how they do it. No, I don't know. I'm just all right. Ready for your name? Name recognition. Ready for yeah. this one? Yeah. John Ahern Uh, I, what? What? Oh, what do I think of him? Let's start over. Name recognition. <laughs> Name recognition. Tell me what you think of this when the 2018 we did these names and they came up. I want to revisit these names. These people that are important in your life. This is I'm not going to say yeah. celebrity X, right? I'm going to say a person like John Ahern.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, he's he's someone that I think remember how you mentioned um uh, when I said portrait drawing was like I loved it and, and you said like is you said is art a blood sport. Mm-hmm. That's what it was to me at the time but he's someone that taught me that art is like bigger than that. Art is not about technique at all. What, what he does is a uh, life casting and um back in my 13 14 year old days like I was like a hustler like when people would when I would go to the art students league some people would paint, some people would draw, some people would sculpt. When they sculpted from life, it was all clay a ball of clay literally pressing and like making it into like something super realistic like a realistic face and i thought like you know that's high level because it because of the technique but he taught me like it's not about the technique it's about the concept of the art so he does life casting once you put a, a mold on someone's head it comes out as a plaster cast perfectly all of your features. Now. Someone who looks at art as like a sport would say like, oh, that's not uh, valid because you didn't work hard for it. You know, you didn't work. He did. He does work hard, but he didn't work hard as the person sculpting it and how many hours it takes to sculpt it versus life casting. Sculpting it by hand takes way longer. But there's still a spirit in his art that's beyond the technique, you know, and like the concept of him capturing the lives of um, South Bronx residents and 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 everything that comes with that and like the stories in those people. Um so yeah, he he teaches me to look at art beyond technique. That's like a big lesson that I learned from him and like being open minded to all kinds of art, you know? Like he's in the Yeah, he, he he's he's incredible. He's he's in all kinds of big collections, like he's in the Met, the Broad. When I went to LA, I went to look at his sculpture in the Broad Museum and around he's in a room. His sculpture is in the middle of a room and then you have Basquiat and Keith Haring paint things all around it and they own that for life like he's in there for life. He's solidified in art history,
0: literally. What's it like for someone like that with that history and that those credentials to take interest in you? Because at the time you're probably too young to really appreciate it. But looking back now with some success yourself, um, that's awesome that's pretty similar to a kid messaging you on tiktok and being like not pay me for free but check out my art well i didn't tell him that
1: he can't he saw he saw my art at a gallery and then he he walked up we were at an opening and he walked up to me yeah excuse me sorry yeah he, he i was an intern at this um bronx art space gallery and um he came to a show that I had. The director, her name is Linda. She um has a mailing list of all her friends and stuff, and she said, "Oh, we're having a show with these high school kids." And I was in the show. Johnny Ahern came. He saw a subway painting that I did when I was like seventeen years old, and he came up to me. He goes, "This piece." He 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 told. He said, "This is a masterpiece." And they told me you painted it like, and you're 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 from this neighborhood because they told him like he's from this block and. Um, yeah, he he's someone that his work is focused around the South Bronx, um, and uh and, and he thought the painting was a masterpiece, so he he told me to come by his studio and and uh and that was uh f- f- six years ago, and we're actually doing a talk together at the Smithsonian National Portrait Gallery in a month. Um, well, it was supposed to be in person, but it got canceled, so now it's gonna be over Zoom. But it's about like our relationship and how we both have we he had a his artwork of mine presented at the Smithsonian and then now I have my painting of him at the Smithsonian
0: a kid from South Bronx was now presenting at the Smithsonian yeah what's more to you <laughs> I already
1: know what you're gonna to ask you. I already know what you're gonna ask you're gonna ask me like what's what's like more prestigious or like what's better TikTok or Smithsonian <laughs> ladies and gentlemen you was
0: 100% I, right how did I know <laughs> What is it's different because it's like I listen to like big hip hop fan. I like all music except for pop country. Right. All music. But there's certain stuff that comes out now where I'm not supposed to like it. I'm in my 30s. Okay. You know, so I can't as much as I want to be like you idiot. Digital is not real. It's either Smithsonian. You know, I'm learning the older I get, the less I know. I wanna, I wanna be in it I'm all. Starting to lean that way. I think it's more eyes is better on your shit. It's all different. Yeah, you know they have parallels with that in other worlds where,
1: where like, uh, where like, do I stay stuck? Not stuck, but do I stay in I, a lane? Do I stay in a lane where it's tried and true, where you have certain people yeah. behind you and they push you, and you're like signed to like a certain kind of thing, and or. Should I go out independent? Yeah, like a 360
0: deal versus being an independent. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. And like, um, I'm kind of like, you know, like it's got my feet kind of in like different directions. But because
0: um, that's what I mean, I think an artist in their highest uh, artist in their highest aspiration is curious. That's it. And um, if you chase that curiosity down. But the yeah. difference comes is, is that now that curiosity is monetized. It,
1: yeah. I mean, people might perceive me. There's certain people that perceive a TikToker in a certain way and and perceive somebody that's in the Smithsonian in a certain way. But I kind of where I'm from, like, I'm blessed to have either of those and I'm blessed to continue to do what I do and, and do what I love. And just do what I love for a living, you know? That's a huge blessing. So to care about how people perceive me, it's like I, I don't care, you know? Like, I, I just want to do what I love. It's
0: a genuine don't care. Yeah. It's just, it's just rare nowadays. Yeah. It's like a don't care, but if you hang out with Devon in the future, he will be not caring staring at a cell phone the entire time. <laughs> That's just what kids do nowadays.
1: Yeah, like, who, who's to say, I'm the same person that did the painting that went to the Smithsonian and I'm the same person that did the drawing that went to TikTok. I got the same mind and the same every same history same everything. Um,
0: but you you've, you've grown as a person. You have to. Yeah. 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 I mean I don't know. It's called getting old. I mean of course. <laughs> yeah of course you have. Because the same I mean an example is out of your own mouth. Like you used to try to respond to every single dm paint me like your french girls jack that style but Mm -hmm. now you've kind of gone past that because it's physically not possible back to name recognition (laughs) no i don't i don't want to talk about that (laughs) i'm I'm gonna say a couple words and i want you to tell me the first thing that comes into mind
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah this is where people get in trouble (laughs) paper towels Oh my god. First thing I think of is blood, but I don't even it's so so dark. Like, oh
0: my god. Man, let's hear it.
1: You wanna hear the paper towel story? Yes. All right. Um this might be too dark for my TikTok friends. Alright, this this we gotta keep it real. Alright, so keep it butt. Uh so I was during my first visit to my dad's house. He would tell me, like, tattoo shop stories, life sh- stories, um, uh, just t- t- the tattoo shop environment and how things went and uh, stuff like that. So um, he always told me that he hated how people would just grab his paper towels and just, like, unravel it and, like, just take a bunch without even realizing that that's one of his expenses. Like, you got to buy your inks, buy your paper towels, buy this, buy that, buy your gloves. And people would just he said that he, people felt so entitled to his paper towels and just would take it because, you know, that's something they're familiar with, with, like, paper towels at home, and, you know, they don't think of it. So, but they would waste his paper towels and he needs them to tattoo with. Um, so he just told me that he hated that. Uh, so, like, a week later, <clears throat> he st- he started to, like, vomit blood again. And, um, and he was in so much pain that he was just, like, he hated the hospital. So for him to t- say, like, take me to the hospital was, like, we knew, like, we got to take him. So we took him to the hospital. Um, he was there for about four days. And then he ended up calling us, me and my sister. And he was like, hey, come get me. I'm tired of these people. They want to keep me for longer. And I've already been here for four days. Come get me right now. Like, I hate this place. So he was, like, yelling. and So we went, drove to him, went to his room. So he had, like, on his arm, he had, like, a, a tape. With like the IV needle in his arm. And it was like taped on. And like a wire connected to somewhere. And so he was like yo get me a scissors. I don't know. My sister found a scissors somewhere. And he cuts it right. Um. Yeah he just cuts it. I don't know what was like in that tube. I think I don't remember. But I remember he cut it. And it was just connected to him. But the needle was still inside. The tape was still on. So we literally sneak out. He was like we got to sneak out. We got to get out of here. So he was in his he didn't tell us this. He was in his last stage of cirrhosis. Mm-hmm. When when you're in your last stage of cirrhosis, I did research like after you know you have a certain amount of time to live. Yeah. Like it's like like you know you're going to die soon. He didn't tell us that. And I'm not sure why he didn't tell us that, but we dr- maybe he wanted to spend his last days at home. He cuz he ended up he did die like 2 days later, but so he comes home and he and he's uh he's like, <laughs> it's funny because I told this story so like easily two years ago, but now I'm like this story is kind of dark. Like,
0: come on, this story's good. Go on, Can <laughs> you're like a therapist.
1: <laughs> Continue. Um, yeah, the story is so negative.
0: All right, so he. It's not negative. It's part of a, who you are as a person now. Yeah, but people don't want to hear this. <laughs> Maybe be the judge of that. <laughs> All right, so. Uh... So we get home,
1: and um, and he, he, so. He's like, "Yeah, fuck these people! Like, I hate them. They did this and that to me. Like, they didn't treat me right. They didn't feed me right. They didn't do this. They did. He's just complaining, complaining. He's like pushing stuff around, kicking stuff. He's just angry, and he goes and this stupid fucking needle thing, and he rips off the tape, and yanks it out, and when he does that." blood squirts out like a water gun like I've never seen blood squirt like this like like you could see the dots on the floor like just of red like it's just squirting like literally squirting like I've never seen anything like it I couldn't believe it so I panic I'm like oh my god like so I go I grab the paper towels and I unravel it like really fast so that um so that I could build like a big amount of paper towels so I could have a lot to put pressure on his arm so as I'm unraveling it he's like you fucking idiot. Like, why are you... I told you that I effing hate that. When people unravel my paper towels, how dare you? And it's still squirting. And I'm like, yo, but I'm trying to help you. Like, And he's yelling at the top of his lungs. I'm like, but I'm trying to put pressure. So I rip it out. And he's like, give me that shit. And he takes it and he just puts the pressure himself. And he was just so angry that I did that. Like, And and the, those people...
0: Who cares about the paper towels? Like, you're losing eh? blood. Like, I don't... But it's also, too, I mean, it's all about control, right? Like, you know, in that late stage of life, he's been told he's going to die a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You're grasping for straws, man. Like, maybe that's the one thing. Yeah. It's kind of so, reassuring so, as an outsider listening. So He's still a prick about paper towels. Oh, that yeah, yeah. Objectively so, hilarious. So,
1: st- stuff like that, like, when people hear about that, like, they think, like, how did I get through that? Um, people people are there's just certain kinds of people that are a certain kind of way, and i don't i mean it's tragic, but I don't put that against myself you know like I don't hold myself accountable for that like I don't blame myself for that that that, that you know but why why would you not that I would blame myself but like um i mean a a kid would be really hurt by his dad doing that. It's just like I see it like, oh, this is just a different kind of person.
0: Yeah, and also, too, I think, you know, your dad wasn't in New York when you were growing up, and you met him later, but you, I mean, do you ever think about it this way? Your young life was training to meet your dad before he passed?
1: One thing I am Tra- um, glad about with going through all that trauma was is like, if I go through any future trauma, or if I ever come with like a tough road, or like I or like I have like a tough, uh, a tough circumstance, I'm I'm not too like afraid or too affected by something because it's it's happened. I've lived through it and I've lived like in a, you know, like if I see something tragic happen, like I I could I could handle it more and have less nerves that are gonna affect me. You know, so but I think what also comes with that is if you can't let like something hurts you, you almost, like, can't accept the good things. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean... It's, like, you it's,
0: almost can't, afe- uh, like, accept, like... Yeah, the good's not as good without the bad. Yeah. And also, too, isn't... Isn't, like, great art about, like, a manifestation of being affected? Like, it's your experience? Yeah. Isn't it weird, though, that on both the positive and the negative side, the numb comes up? Yeah. Yeah. Times Square numb. Yeah. Dad paper towels numb. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, you almost can't accept the
1: great stuff with like the terrible stuff because it's like I don't know.
0: I don't know what it is. Well it's accept accepting is an interesting term. Yeah. Because except they're deny, it's still happening, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, for the most part I've I've um I came out like un unscathed, but
0: except for like Yeah, I bet you're a piece of shit boyfriend. (laughs) No, I I feel like you're so bad at listening. No, I think no. Honestly, I think I'm a, I think I'm a great boy.
1: (laughs) Not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm a very nice, understanding guy. Yeah.
0: This next question is about your uh, artist statement on your old website. Uh, I want to make sure I read it perfectly. What? What does this is the quote? Investigation of the underground world. Um. Yeah, just like going through the subway and just
1: watching people, and and uh, I kind of switched up how.
0: And you also wrote instilling empathy.
1: Oh, okay, I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of switched up like kind of recently how I would do it. Be, before I would just sit like where I sat and like try to find the easiest person to draw, but now I walk through the whole like subway car and I, I like look back and forth. I'm like, who looks interesting? Who like has something that stands out to me and like like oh that would be a dope drawing like he has she has this hairstyle like like today i posted one of uh, a girl that she has like a mohawk and uh and these cool shoes and i well i was for that i was really inspired by her mohawk and how like the texture of her like the hair that was shorter and like the the mohawk i just thought it looked super dope so i walked through the subway and I, i like look for things that like stick out to me um So that's, like, my investigation of the underground world, I guess. Like, just investigating who I could capture and, like, whose uh, essence I could capture. Uh, And instilling empathy is, like, um, how I could capture someone so accurate that I capture, like, the feeling that they have and um, making you feel how they feel, you know, like, putting yourself in their shoes and, and, like, by the especially now during the pandemic like seeing some people you could see and like this is one guy that I, I drew and he's like sitting like this and you could just see that he's like super depressed or uh you know you could just read their emotions on their face or on their body language or their clothing or you could just read their whole entire story through like some drawings or some paintings and like kind of see like where they're um from or like what kind of life they lived um it depends you know not always but you Know it's like when you when I take the train, like let's say going to art and design, I would take the train from the South Bronx to Midtown and you see the demographic change, you know, past um, past like 86th Street, maybe since then, like since gentrification is happening more,
0: like it shifted up maybe to like 96th Street or like 103rd, yeah, because now the line runs to 96, that's the last, yeah, yeah, so um, that's cute, but yeah, you could <laughs> you could just see. Huh? The last stop, of the Q train. Oh, the Q. I think you said that's cute. <laughs> that is also Q <laughs> So just seeing, um, yeah, that's cute. You know, just seeing, <laughs> seeing
1: all the different lives that uh that we see on the subway.
0: Yo, your cell phone's not in your pocket. Why no, no. do you keep reaching for it? <laughs> no, I'm like
1: playing with this quarter.
0: Um, what Look, stands out to you? Like the Mohawk. Remember you're talking about? Like, there's this uh, photographer named um, Bill Cunningham. You ever heard of him? He's dead now. but he was the time style section photographer he always wore a blue windbreaker great documentary uh, about him and he would hang out in certain locations and he would photograph street style and this wasn't like air quote street style this was just like looks he thought were interesting styles that he saw on the street then there's a phenomenon that happened basically where people, people
1: were going to that spot
0: yeah and they would like model model walk it back and forth they put in a day's work going back and forth trying to get that shot with Bill are you starting to see that
1: I mean people tell me that in my comment
0: section like I'm getting on the subway I don't find you yeah
1: but uh, but yeah no what, what I like about the the Mohawk it's just it's cool to draw and cool to capture and it's also cool to capture like all kinds of New Yorkers like yeah like the drawing becomes a different drawing with all these different characters you know like there's so many different like Basically, they they give me the art, you know, like they they give me this whole story and this whole um, break that
0: down. They give you the art. Break that down. They're doing the work for you. You just got good enough to where you can you can. Well, I I have the art where like 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 Michelangelo when he did David. He yeah. said that basically it was there in in the solid rock, and he just found it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like. Um well don't put my quote next to Michelangelo. <laughs> but He's like a SoundCloud rapper,
0: right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you think he'll be on TikTok if Michelangelo Probably. was
0: alive? <laughs> I you know, I'm pretty impressed by my statement about Picasso that more people have seen your shit than than, than that. Yeah, well I can't. Anybody that, that, that hears that <laughs> hate him for saying that. Don't hate me for
1: saying that. I didn't I'm not saying it's good. I'm just <laughs> there's more eyes nowadays.
0: Yeah. But anyway, let's um, continue.
1: Like they like I have the art where like uh, I'm selective with who I draw, and you know whatever goes into that is like that's me. So like, I, I'm I'm the artist that's choosing who I'm drawing. So all that deci- all that history that I have, you know somehow gets into this decision making of who I want to draw, and like you know my taste and my um you know just my selectivity. But what I mean by they give me the art is, um, they. They give me a whole life story that that goes into the drawing that um that they came with, you know, like like they lent me that you know like they like the clothing, the body language, the gestures, the facial expression, the mask. That was like giving. That was given to me. You know.
0: Are you still at your very highest aspiration? Where will you and your art be? Um. I'm I'm not really
1: sure because I, this what happened recently was supposed to come. At it was supposed to come at thirty or forty. I don't know. So like I'm supposed to be asked that question when I'm forty. But now that this happened, I just don't know how to answer that. Like I'm telling you,
0: I feel very lucky with with what happened to my life. So what about the simplify it just I, I mean smithsonian I, which you, you know you're about to speak at
1: yeah no i i don't know like i don't know where what's where, the
0: what's the you know like we talked about the, the the word association like a word would pop up is there like a certain place you'd want to see do you want to direct films is there another medium you want to explore maybe but right now i just i'm sorry
1: this is gonna be my worst answer of the day sure. no no i'm just saying like just me not knowing is my worst answer
0: is there comfort in not knowing or are you afraid of that
1: there's a, like a comfort in not knowing. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I believe that. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Now that, that, uh, surrendering yourself to the higher purpose, which you felt so strongly earlier, is that as strong, stronger or weaker now compared to young Devon? Way stronger. Like the, yeah. like the traje-
1: Turn it up. Like the trajectory of where I was going, just like, Went upwards, like it was going up, but now it just like raised, like the angle just raised higher. So um, not because of my doing, it just
0: happened. <laughs> well, a lot of, there's a lot of my doing, but like I said, I. But well, you pepper magic in there. I like that you say magic. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, uh, you, you know, it's, you can be the best magician on earth. You still got to drive to the gig. Like you still got to, you still got to buy the rabbit to pull out of that. Like you're putting a lot of work in you are a product of your environment you know how do you get how do you catch a flu you hang out with people that are sick yeah I'm a firm believer in that. right do you have peers that you feel like other artists doing not really I mean this was a different question in 2018 because you had fine artists that you were working with but do you have peers now that you're talking to like TikTok influencers things that you're kind of chatting with that, yeah that help it's a feeling of
1: yeah well my 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 peers um yeah well, i'm trying to think how to answer this
0: but yeah yeah i you don't have to name names but are there a group of people
1: yeah and and my peers are kind of like kind of um not a normal 24 year old bronx kids peers like you know like like john ahern
0: or like diane like but that's the fine art which we had talked about yeah which yes from the art standpoint but with this new phenomenon of tiktok yeah john ahern diane no one can understand what's going on now with this yeah, yeah. um i think
1: as i do it those people just get attracted into my life like yeah um yeah no i, I talk to people like uh you know it's it's funny in 2020 so many people we all have like a bunch of internet friends that we feel like are real friends and they are real friends but it's funny how how much connections we have with internet people Totally
0: know? yeah like you wouldn't you never been in a restaurant with them
1: Yeah exactly um but you have the same mind and the same like you connect with them more cuz you guys attract to each other more than somebody you just just so happen to meet like what are the chances that you meet somebody that you think like because of circumstances but on the internet it's easier to
0: like... Well, it's also easier because you're both operating on your highlight reels. Yeah. Like, you don't have mustard on your shirt on the internet when you meet somebody. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. Okay. Uh, what advice would you give an artist now? We're gonna do this in different parts, okay? What advice would you give an artist now? Let's say a fine artist. Like, contemporary, we'll call it, because, mm-hmm. you know, you always have to stay apprised with what's contemporary now, but what would you give advice to a contemporary or a fine artist right now if you could give one piece of advice
1: um right now my advice would be to uh follow something that you love because it becomes way easier don't follow something because because somebody else is successful at it like if you don't like to draw but that you you see me drawing and you think oh devon did it like maybe it'll work with me it's not going to work because for me drawing is not it's it's fun it's something that i, I been doing since i was a kid and nobody made i didn't have a coach as a five-year-old like oh you're gonna draw this i just naturally drew so it's like somebody that loves to party and then you want to party but you're not really into partying you're never gonna out party him because he loves to do it the days that it that it's hard he doesn't have days that it's hard um so all those hours stacked up is like the formula for success with with the magic with the magic. With Sprinkle the magic, that magic. The magic just goes it. in
0: there somehow. The magic's got to be on a merch somewhere. It's got to be some merch. <laughs> the magic. Dude, we're good. We're out. Is this, is out. this it? I mean, we're let's. We're going to hang out more. But uh, anything else you can think of? Uh, nope. <laughs> Two hours. Thank you all for listening so much. I guess I'll just call it Max White Presents. Max White, everyone.